Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the FanDuel Thunderdome. It is Aaron Rodgers, Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. We start now. Football! He is all the way back. Week six of the NFL season has concluded. We are officially one-third of the way through Mm -hmm. the NFL's regular season. We must remember that as we watch these games, as we think about next Monday Night Football's stinker between the Bears and the Patriots, which is definitely set Mm -hmm. to suck in Joe and Troy, will probably be hilarious during that. Let's remember that we're one-third of the way through the regular season. We won't have this come late February, March, and we need to be yearning for the opportunities to watch an absolute dog named Dustin Hopkins. That's right. Out of the Florida State University, burying home four field goals, probably with a torn hamstring at some point, burying home a winner in uh, overtime, not being able to stand on his goddamn leg, having to fall because his foot cannot withstand the weight of his body, but it can withstand the weight of a program, of a franchise, of an organization looking to find their way. And in OT, when push came to shove, Dustin Hopkins did what he did three other times last night with a torn ham. He puts the ball through the fucking uprights. He was in massive amount of pain. His teammates saw him. The world saw him. They hoisted this one-legged man up onto their shoulders to say, pal, you are the greatest dog we have ever seen in a football game. Shout out to D-Hop. I'm proud of you. Shout out to J.K. Scott. Hit one so damn high that his gunner is able to dump a goddamn guy on a returner. Ball comes loose, setting up that overtime kick from Dustin Hopkins. It was a special team's dream last night. And maybe not a wet dream because I don't think we're prematurely ejaculating whenever we're half asleep. That thing was coming to fruition in a slow game. That was a long one. J.K. Scott hit like a 14-yard punt in the first quarter. At the very end of the game when you need him, puts one up in the sky. Gunner dumps a guy. Dustin Hopkins buries a kick and that's what football is all about that's good right. special teams yeah. Yeah, damn right other than that russell wilson had the greatest force, uh, first quarter he's ever had in sure. his entire life mm-hmm. then he'd go on to have the worst uh, second half in overtime he's ever had sure. in his life that's right. what the fuck's going on in denver is nathaniel hackett in way over his head mm-hmm. sure feels like it he's never called plays before you know what i'm going to do for the defense side of the ball i'm going to sign somebody else that's never called plays before to run the defense it feels like the D- denver broncos with you know their ownership in attendance last night watching what good seats feels like they might be completely fucked for the long haul here yeah. i have no idea how they figure it out brandon mcmanus is a dog the team's got like issues everywhere it feels like and if you look at melvin gordon and jerry judy talking in overtime when melvin gordon only got three touches i believe playing Uh against a team he used to play for where they actually put a clown face on him on the jumbotron Mm -hmm. i would assume that this is a conversation that's potentially going look at this motherfucker This motherfucker ain't do shit. 16 points. We got you staying on the sideline. We got me fucking not getting the ball enough. I did have Jerry Judy for an anytime touchdown score. Yeah. That had clearly never happened. Mm-hmm. It was just the team sucks to watch. They're boring yeah. to watch. Brutal. They're four games into their seven primetime game run that they have this season. Ooh. So hopefully by the time we see them on TV next, they will be much better. I doubt it, though. Congrats to the Chargers on getting a big one. Big go, Chargers. They did not cover four and a half, though. Nope. Broncos ended up covering last night. So good luck and uh, congrats to all the guys. 
gamblers. Speaking of gamblers, we got two good gamblers right here wow. at Boston Connor at Ty Schmidt of the Toxic Table. Connor, we'll start with you. Denver Broncos fucking stinking football, pal. Yeah, it's brutal to watch. Uh, it's a bummer that they are. They do have seven primetime games. It is what it is. And, you know, the whole Russell thing, the contract, all that. And then you think about the picks that they also gave up two first, two seconds. That stinks. The players that they sent to Seattle, Noah Fant, you know, they the starting tight end they had this year wasn't even active yesterday. And then the rookie that they had, you know, ended up scoring the, their only touchdown, which is nice. But yeah, the entire thing doesn't make sense. And we talk about it, you know, if Russell were to be moving around a little more, maybe they'd have more success. First quarter, moving around right after he does do a little, you know, dance in the pocket, sling the ball, next play's a touchdown. So it feels like the, you know, answers might be there. But yeah, the whole team's in disarray. They're two and four in one of the better divisions in football. It doesn't seem like there's much hope for the rest of the season. Like, it honestly feels like their season's over. There's no division in a locker room. Russell Wilson told us that last night. He looked incredibly awesome in his Mm -hmm. post-game press conference. Always looking so clean. Always looking so professional. And then on the football field, not looking like what the Russ we thought we saw maybe five years ago or so. You know, we got somebody joining us on stage. There's obviously Tone Diggs here, one half of the hammer. Cowboys. And we got a host of uh, In the Trenches. Twelve-year? Twelve-year. I don't know if your mic's on. Twelve-year. There it is. Yeah, NFL vet. Both an offensive lineman as a center and a guard and a wedge for kickoff return teams. Yeah. Fullback as well for some teams. But also a Super Bowl winning coach. Ladies and gentlemen, AQ Ship. AQ, you said, and this is off air, so I don't know if you wanted to say it's on air or not, but I apologize. Shouldn't put it in my head. You said if Russell Wilson was Russell Wilson five years ago, Seattle Seahawks would have never fucking let him out of the building. You still believe that on air now that we're talking about it? And what did you mean exactly by that? 1,000%. I mean, he, he's too good of a quarterback five years ago, right? There's no question about that. And then you look at that Seattle Seahawks team, they're built to go. You don't like the way I look? I mean, you just look like you're really stretching. You know, you don't have long necks or anything. I think you could sit back a little bit. Eh? Just There's a little some, bit? Let's see. Go ahead. Well, we still good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah there, there you go. go. Okay, good, good, good. Well, I'm used to the little the little. Well, necklace. it doesn't work, actually, because there's a power supply in our yeah. fucking stage that Threaten. is actually cutting it off it whenever you stand up. That was perfect. You know, whenever you get the uh, hangers and you walk over like a pipe yep. and yeah. they cross, mm-hmm. that's what happens on the stage with that fucking lav mic right over there. It just crosses and cancels perfect. it out somehow. So now we're good. Right here, we can hear? Yeah, so whenever you pay the amount of money that we paid for this stage in this studio, that's what you get. You just get random dead spots in the middle of the stage that you're not told about until you figure it out with Zito basically running the wall. The wire yeah, test. running the hangers. Running the <laughs> hanger test to see if we can get there. So that's why we had to go to an actual mic. You look very professional, but I didn't want you straining while you're talking. Well, five years ago. I got ago, a bad neck. Five, yeah, exactly. You know I know that. Say. It's okay. actually a part of the problem and why you're <laughs> here right now, as opposed <laughs> yeah. to on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, maybe helping out Tom oh. so he's on motherfucking offensive lineman, which we will definitely dive into. But you said if Russell Wilson was Russell Wilson of five years ago, there's no way the Seahawks are letting him out of the building, no matter how unhappy he is. What does that mean, and do you still believe that? I 100% believe it. As a member of the Arizona Cardinals for a bunch of years, getting to watch him live, in person, do what he did, spin out, make plays, confidence, all the plays that he made over and over and over again, he's not making right now. And I think Pete Carroll saw that. I think he saw that. So he said, hey, listen, let's get a trade. Let's let's get some value. He's unhappy. We're seeing the future and that he's not maybe the player that he was five years ago. Let's get some value. They go and get Noah Font. They go and get some, uh, I think, Shelby Harris, who had a couple sacks this past weekend. They get some draft picks in return. They give Geno Smith an opportunity. They give Geno Smith an opportunity. Who looks 
a thousand percent better than Russell Wilson at this point. Yeah, leading the NFL's number one offense going into week six. I don't know if he's still there after the weekend. I pro- assume not yeah, because of how they performed against Arizona. was only putting up 19 points or whatever, but nonetheless, he has looked fantastic. Ty and DK are not on the Broncos. A lot of people that are Seahawks fans who have maybe turned a little bit on Russell Wilson have tweeted me, life's a lot easier whenever you got Lockett and DK Metcalf and you have the ability just to fucking huck it. But DK mm-hmm. Metcalf is an alien. Yes. He is one of one. He has the ability to get deep. You can just throw it up to him. And Ty and Russ had that incredible connection for all those times. And you'd assume because of Ty's stature, no offense, Mr. Lockett, but because of his stature, you would think, oh, that quarterback must be doing all the work here to make this particular player who seems to make every single catch even better. I think Ty deserve, Lockett deserves a lot more credit, I think, in my eyes yeah. and probably the world's eyes. But nonetheless, Pete Carroll deserves a little bit more credit is what AQ is yep. saying. He fucking seen it. He saw Team 3 growing a little bit bigger, saw Russ maybe worrying about some other stuff mm-hmm. on the field whenever they weren't doing certain plays because Pete's got to watch every single play mm-hmm. in practice and in the game. He's watching everything. He's getting reports from every single coach. He would be the motherfucker that would know before anybody else. So whenever numerous people come in and say to him, hey, we can't do this anymore because Russ doesn't want to Russ doesn't want to do it, so we got to do this. And Pete's like, that's why we're fucking – that's why we're good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then Pete Carroll says, all right, we'll finally trade this guy. Even though somebody – Chicago Bears last year attempted to do it. Yep. Yeah. I want to get another year look at this thing. And you're thinking that Pete Carroll deserves a lot more credit in forecasting what Russell Wilson was going to be as opposed to Nathaniel Hackett getting buried mm-hmm. for Nathaniel Hackett's <laughs> offense being pretty shitty, it appears. Is that – you think it's Pete or you think it's Hackett? I think it's probably a little bit of both, right? I think – the Seattle Seahawks have always had a really good running game. Denver, no run game, right? No, no run right game. Right. Gordon's on the sideline. Murray's a big yeah. fuck, though. Huge. I forgot how big Latavius Murray is. Yeah, yeah running backs hurt, too. Javante Williams out. out for the year. Mm-hmm. Murray's big. He's a big yeah. dog. Yeah. I, I thought they were going to continue to feed him, actually, because it seemed like he was moving a little bit. Now, Gordon was in anytime touchdown score. I think he had, like, the third highest odds or the fourth highest odds. Yep. So him not being on the field was certainly surprising. But when I saw Latavius Murray, I'm like, oh, God damn, that guy's still fucking very big. And they didn't use him at all. Denver has next to no running game right now. They have next to no running game. And, and whatever the reason is, right, they got some injuries on the offensive line. They got whatever. But at the end of the day, they don't have a running game. And Russell was always able to have that in Seattle. He was always able to have a pretty good defense except for the last couple of years. But he's not doing anything. He can't. He's not completing passes. He's not extending plays, making plays. He's not doing shit. Right How do you now. feel about Marshawn Lynch and Richard Sherman alluding to the fact that they were never able to get a hold of Russell Wilson? They had to go through his team to get a hold of him. That's tough. That's tough. I think yeah. so too. That's tough. Like just as somebody, and this is, I have been teammates with people that I should not be teammates with, mm-hmm. in all aspects of life here. You know, mm-hmm. in every genre, I've had the ability to be teammates with people that are, you know, folk heroes in legends. Every single person. Able to get a hold of him. No problem. Sure. Calm. Because you're part of the team. You know, like, yeah. it, I'm, not, I'm not talking about just with the Colts and obviously being able to text Peyton. I'm the fucking punter and Peyton's inviting me to the thing, able to text him, hit him up, talk to his fucking dad. If I, I mean, like, that is there's something I think a lot of people could do. WWE, I mean, as soon as I get there, everybody that's at the top of that fucking team is like, hey, you need anything. You hit us up right here. I get to fucking ESPN right now. Literally everybody is like, hey, you need to get a hold of me. Here's my number. Here's how it goes. These are all legends of people that are, you know, because whenever I'm talking about WWE, I'm talking about like fucking Brock and that Vince fucking yeah. everybody was like, hey, you need anything. You fucking, Kevin Dunn, Bruce Pritchard, everybody was like, you need anything. You text Michael, you text me directly. It's like, I assume that's how good teams operate. Like, hey, if you need to make something happen, let's make something happen. So whenever Richard Sherman and uh, Marshawn Lynch were like, yeah, we would have to text his team to get a hold of him. I'm like, 
So he's already putting up a barrier with the rest of his team, right? That's just naturally what you're putting up there. That's not a good way to fucking build friends, earn trust, or lead, I don't nope. think, AQ. No, the locker room is everything, right? That's that's When you're done playing, that's what you miss. You miss the camaraderie. You miss the locker room. You miss yeah, all that's that why stuff. you come in here and fuck up all my shit. Uh-huh. It's on your yep, toilet. Oh yeah, every, yeah. every week. Yeah, I don't understand me. why you locked that door. I don't get it. That's okay. literally my only room that I have like to myself. I so, was really looking forward to spending a little time in there. You and me were the only ones going into the bathroom in there. And they just put the lock on within the last week. And I had to really consider when you were coming in here. I'm like, do I let AQ come in here and continue to just demolish my toilet? Right. Piss all over the floor. Oh, yeah. And then leave, you know, whatever the fuck. And then just walk out. Do I want to continue to do that? Or do I maybe want to let AQ know? All right. Draw a line. Everything you were doing the last couple weeks, you were the only person in there other than me. Uh, But I. You made your point. No, but I think I left it locked, honestly. I, that wasn't for me? I, that was not on purpose, no. Oh, okay. It was actually well, just because abs- I almost left my fucking it's keys in there. a happy coincidence. I was almost, it was a happy coincidence, which yeah. I should almost now, like, now that I think about yeah, it, it forward, maybe maybe I, should, uh-huh. I should lock it going forward. But it is a real thing. Like, I don't know how any team does well. Like, I don't know how they had that much success almost, I'm thinking now. If Russell Wilson was that <laughs> um, extended, no, disconnected, disconnected from the program and from the team. We're learning a lot more now, I think, about Russ than we ever have in the past, and I don't know if it's all good. How long can Russ just maintain this super positive, always good guy outlook with everything we're hearing? At some point, we're going to see a human Russ, you know, and that's what I think is going to happen at some point. I thought maybe last night we'd see it because of how the second half ended and how that game went and how just, you know, it, it is a Terrible brand of football that they're playing. So bad. Herb Street talked about it whenever he called the game. He's like, you know, we got a new offense coordinator, new quarterback. Nobody knows what's going on. While they're still trying to build their culture and build their rules and their guidelines and how they go about doing things, like there's a lot figuring out. I get that. But whenever you're a Broncos fan, you're paying 200 and some million dollars, and you've been told for a long time you're one quarterback away from going to the Super Bowl, and then a quarterback that has won the Super Bowl before comes in, he's being heralded as, oh, this guy goes and puts his pads on, plays catch him on. Right. This guy's more prepared than anybody. This guy's the smartest quarterback of all time, which is kind of what we've all said because I think that's what we've all been you know, told and believe in. He's had a lot of – and it's just terrible fucking – I can't say it's enough. The Broncos on primetime – are doing the NFL a disservice right now. For sure. And it's it's Russell Wilson on primetime that's doing the NFL in a disservice. And that makes – that kind of go against everything we've talked about for the last, like, fucking 10 years. If and it's literally – when you talk about the Broncos in primetime, it's strictly him. The defense is top five in literally every single category imaginable. Enjoyable like, to watch, too. So yeah. they're fun. They walking folks they down. Get, they get after the quarterback. The, the secondary is awesome. Uh, Jewel, the uh, linebacker, like, always blown. Like, it's – it's strictly Russ. Like it's not the defense. Their special teams is pretty good. Like, well, not yeah. Last Waitman night. hits fifty-four not, yard not fair last, catch. Well, I love that guy. Night, they obviously had the muff punt, but other than that, so like, I guess technically, I did not know it was against the rules. They, did they change that? I don't know. Somebody tweeted some account that was a Broncos media member. Sure. Screenshot of the NFL rule book and highlighted where you're not allowed to purposely put – once a fair catch is called, you're not allowed to – I guess it's a, it was a very – it was an asterisk underneath a rule and everything because we used to be – I mean, that's what we're – hey. It's a strategy. I'm hitting yeah. fair catches. That's what we're trying to. You mm-hmm. get down there close enough, you fucking dump, buddy, right on returner. Like, this is what we are trying to do. It's actually a full-speed run 
stop, dump into it is like a plan that we used to use. I guess it's against the rules now. I have no idea because they were talking loud about it, but it was executed fucking perfectly. And the Chargers are lucky for that. Yeah. Because let's just say Russell Wilson gets that ball back. It was, would have been at like the 40. It wasn't that good of a punt, really. It was high. wasn't that far. Mm-hmm. It would have been at like the 37 or 40. I forget the exact number. Russell Wilson could fucking get into McManus's range there. McManus got a big leg. He already hit one from earlier from 50-plus. It looked like a fucking chip shot. Yeah, 33, mm-hmm. 34. 30, like, he could get in. There's nothing to oh, say. Yeah. Well, Easy. Even wow. though they haven't been able to yeah. the entire second half or overtime, a couple weeks back, Russell Wilson was able to fucking move mm-hmm. in the last drive and win a game. So I'm just saying we're holding on hope that it could be anywhere. But there was a couple of decisions that Staley made last night that people are continuing to go. Like, what is this guy's deal? Honestly, what is this guy's deal? Keenan Allen, they showed him a bunch. He wasn't dressed last night yep. after his tweet last week saying, what the fuck are we doing? It's hard not to ask that, I think. on a, There's a lot of bad fucking football going on uh, in the NFL right now, oh, Tushman. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's easy to kind of just get stuck on the Broncos from last night because they look so bad and they've looked so bad for the last several weeks. But if you're a Chargers fan, I don't know how you walk away. I mean, you got to win, so, like, that's great. But There we go. Hey. I don't know how. I don't know how you're excited about that team. I mean, because it is. It's like Staley, at a certain point, like, his decision making is going to bite them in the ass, plain and simple. Like you're not you're not going to be playing the Broncos every week who can only score fucking thirteen or sixteen points. Like it's just it's the same deal. The Chiefs are in your division. You look at them, and then you look at the rest of those teams. Like I understand the Chargers are four and two, but their offense right now is basically either hey chuck it up to Mike Williams, and if they you know like penalties, a lot of penalties, a lot of penalties time. last night, or it's just hey we just we're just going to keep dumping it off to Eckler, just dumping it off to Eckler, and then eventually <laughs> you know it's just like teams teams understand you know hey they they got two guys they can go to they don't really have that great of running game if it's not Eckler they're banged up like crazy it's just I don't know I mean and it's the same deal kind of with the Broncos like they had so much juice going into the season that we were expecting them like oh hey everyone's picking the chargers to go to the super bowl it's just like you you watch them play it's like this team ain't winning a fucking super bowl you kidding me no way they went one of three on fourth downs last night Mm -hmm. and they ran uh like all the fourth downs of the last couple weeks pretty similar play yeah Yeah. it's a very similar play It, it is almost and staley has said this so i guess i respect him saying it and living it He's like, I think my guys are better than your guys. He's doing a lot of draws, and then he's got that slant play on fourth. Yeah, so it's literally it. like, uh-huh. hey, we are fucking, my guys are going to move your guys on fourth and one, or my guy's going to beat your guy off the line. It's like very almost um, predictable what they're going to mm-hmm. do. So- not, not saying that I have a big football IQ. I do not. I'm trying to get better. That's why we got all the segments we have on this show. But it just feels like the decisions he makes, although they are abnormal, and I guess they're more aggressive, and the players love that shit if it works. At some point when you're watching, you just got to be like, God damn it, will you just punt the fucking ball, dude? Will you just punt the ball? You say you have faith in your defense. I saw Derwin James make a massive tackle last night. Exactly. I think it was on Murray. I think it was, no, I think it was on Latavius Murray. I think he had one where they were fucking squared up in the hole, and mm-hmm. I thought Derwin James was a dead man. He made a massive tackle. Like, I think their defense, Kyle Van Noy made a couple plays. Yeah, he was getting moved a lot. I saw him get... There was a moment where he got buried in a pile out of nowhere. I saw oh, him yeah. get – I was watching him get out of the pile the entire time. And I'm like, I'm wondering if this man at this point is like, am I close to retirement right now? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just saying – and he didn't. He jogged right out, high five right back in there. Kyle Van Noy is still very much in it. But I just – they're 4-2. and two. Right. 
which is an incredible record. I would love to be four and two right now if I was mm-hmm, Colt. Sure. If I was anybody, I'd be, I'd be happy mm-hmm. to do it. And any coach in the NFL is going to say it's hard to win a fucking. We've won four games. Okay, everybody needs to relax, get off our ass. We've won four games. It's like there's stuff happening there where you're like, is this what we're going to be all year? Is this what we are again? Have we not learned anything from last year? But Staley lives by code, dies by code. It's Bruce and Linda's coaching tree. That's his mom and his dad. Mm-hmm. Dad's a high school football coach. He's going with his gut. He's four and two. I guess we can't. I guess we can't judge them too hard until the loss comes and we're like, this is, we've seen this coming yeah, from a mile yeah, away. Go ahead, At this point, I mean, he is who he is. He's going to keep doing that bullshit. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. They're winning, four and two. Sure, sure. And, you know, they do have two of their best old linemen out and Bosa's out. So yep. give maybe, and Keenan Allen hasn't played yet. Mm-hmm. So maybe give him a little bit of, maybe, yeah. I don't, but I saw, I saw a stat yesterday, okay, talking about offenses in the NFL. 2020 through uh, week six, 559 touchdowns. 2021, 531 touchdowns. Through this year, 449 touchdowns. So 110 less touchdowns two years ago. Defense is getting better, AQ. Everybody's catching on to the system that everybody's running now because it kind of became the thing. Like, oh, we're all going to run the same type of offense. We're all going to do the same type of shit. Now the defense is caught up. Is that what we're thinking it is, AQ? Here's my theory on it. Here we go. Here's my theory on it. I think defenses are starting to do this bend but not break. They're stop. They used to do this. Let's get aggressive. Let's go cover zero. Let's run these blitzes. Let's get after them. Let's try and make plays for losses. Now they're like, fuck it. Okay, here, here's what we're going to do. They're going to get their yards. They're going to get their yards. We're going to get down to the red zone. And then what we're going to do is we're going to use the back line as the 12th defender. And we are going to just bend but not break. Let them kick field goals. Or the new trend of the NFL among offenses is, hey, let's go for it on fourth down no matter where the fuck we are. Hey, sure. let's Might get, get the down ball there. going the other way. Hey, and then then you get no points. Now it's a huge win. We bent all the way down to the two yard line in Seattle's case this week, right? Cliff Kingsbury goes for it on fourth down uh-huh. numerous times in field goal range, right? You walk away with no points, and you're Pete Carroll. You're like, oh, we did it. Let's go. We did it's, it. It's interesting because as a punter, you know, we would have defenses that were bend but don't break defenses, and I appreciate it. It was their actual strategy. Like, hey, if we can get a turnover in here. Let's definitely try to get a turnover. But we're really not worried until they get to about the 40, our own 40. So you pin them, and it'd be like, all right, here we go. And then defense is like, hey, we're going to take one shot at this, maybe with a blitz down here. But other than that, we are just going to sit back and let them move. It's good for fantasy. It's yeah. good for fucking gobbling yards, over yeah, yards. It's good for the NFL, right, because they're seeing big-time plays and balls moving. It's good offense. But whenever it gets tight, it does seem as if – Every defense is locking it down now. And I don't know if the bend but don't break defense is good for the NFL long term, less points, but I do think it is a nice mixture for the fan where we're getting highlights, we're getting yards, we're getting some, unless you're watching last night, you're getting Mm -hmm. some moves, you're getting some exciting plays, but then you're getting some D guys that are fucking locking people down. I wonder if this is the new norm. I wonder if this is just what this season and next season is going to look like with this defensive stuff. Well, and it does feel like the defensive have changes, but – don't you think this is why the NFL is cyclical? Like, I would wonder what the, you know, touchdown kind of decrease was before it turned into, like, this pass-happy. Oh, some big boys offense. get down in a red zone. Exactly. Like, I, I bet, you Are know, you signing back up? No, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> come on. AQ, get back in there. But it feels like if teams do kind of – or it'll be interesting to see how teams do that are kind of run dominant going out, going with the rest of the season, you know? Like, it feels as though maybe the Titans will have a lot of success and, 
granted some teams have kind of the balance, like the Chiefs and the Bills can run it and they can throw it, but it does feel like this is kind of where the title turn. Maybe in these next few years we might get a little bit more of a running happy team. There's always been bigs, you know, calling the bigs, calling the bigs, goal mm-hmm. line package. Mm-hmm. What if there is like a six dudes that they keep, a couple swing offensive linemen, a couple fullbacks. We're going to get by with yeah. them playing some special teams, and then we're going to call them in, and we're here just going fucking old school pound the rock. Baltimore could do that. You think with Ricard, we're going to see a clip later, I think, from the Baltimore Ravens. They kind of have that going on, yeah. but they can't hold on to a goddamn lead right now. What are your thoughts on that Baltimore team, make you? I don't know. Every every time I watch them through three quarters, they look incredible. Uh, incredible. Through yeah. three quarters. And then for whatever reason, something happens. They either take their foot off the gas, whatever happens in the fourth quarter. And, you know, it, it's one play. You know it. It comes down to one play in this league. And, you know, you get the... That what is it? It was a botch snap, and yeah. Lamar rolls around, fumble pick. or pick, and then here we go. Now we take the lead. Now you're fighting for your life. And why and does the center do that to Lamar? By the yeah, way, I would yeah. try to win a game. Yeah. Why yeah. Was the ball. 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 It was rookie center, definitely an early snap because he was not expecting. You could see. That. I mean, that that snap was right here. Well, you don't just judge Lamar either, right? You judge everybody else on whether or not it's an early snap. Well, yes and no. I mean, I think when it's one of those things when it hits him right here, he's just not expecting it, right? Like that's huh. definitely it was snapped early or. Or Lamar fought. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. You know? We probably so, should look at everybody else and yeah. see what everybody else was expecting. We should probably think on that. Um, the Ravens are a fascinating story. But to your point about it being cyclical, are we about to see the big dogs yeah. go? Yeah. Are we about to see teams try to pound it mm-hmm. because the red zone's getting so stingy because there isn't as much space when you're trying to open it up and throw it? And defenses, corners are getting better because mm-hmm. they're having to lock people down since high school nowadays because mm-hmm. the way the game has changed so much with the air raid offenses that have hit over high school and in college and seven-on-sevens and one-on-ones. So corners have certainly gotten better. Secondary has gotten better. Mm-hmm. I think it's gotten a little bit more sophisticated. You listen to Darius Butler talk about, uh, uh, we're going to be covered two on this side, but then we're going to be uh, – we're going to be cover three on the left side or whatever. It's like, but then that could switch to man if a guy runs past this. I, I don't know if it's always been like that. I assume it has. But it feels like as it's getting more sophisticated and the athletes are getting better in the secondary, that being able to just open things up with your eyes and thinking like that might not exist as, for much longer. Have we seen the dawn of a new day? And is it revolve around big fucks running the ball <laughs> in football again? And that might be the case. Well, and it seems like there are just like there are two philosophies that are like because like the Falcons are absolutely doing that right now. It's like they throw it eleven times a game. You know, yeah, ten, eleven, ten, times uh, a game ten of 14, eleven or thirteen, 13 14, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And they make 13, and they make no bones about it. It's like hey, we're trying to fucking ram the football down your throat, and we're drinking beers, cold wides after the game. How about that, by the way? I fucking love that the offensive line and Artie Smith chugging Bud Lights immediately after going in. I mean, how much is he beloved in that locker room right now? How could you not be? You got cold bears? You got quotes saying, we're going to run the piss out of the football, and then we're going to go drink beer. I mean, every offensive lineman loves this guy right now. He's going to be able to – it's almost like a college recruiting guys. Yeah. Like, hey, this is what our team is. We're going to run the piss out of the ball, and we're going to drink beers. So if you're a free agent or somebody Mm -hmm. that is like, you know what, this is the type of team I'd like to be a part of, Come on down to Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. We got a squad. And if they keep winning, people continue to buy in. But back to your point, Ty. Well, and then, yeah, no. And then on the flip side of that, as you look at the Chargers last night, it's like a week removed from Eckler rushing for 179 yards. They throw it 57 times with Herbert last night. It's like, you know, there's the. I, I don't know. And, and maybe the, the, a part of that is just like, you know, the. the uh, personnel that you're going against, but it does seem like there is a very hard line. Like, look at the Jets. Same deal. You know, Zach Wilson completes 10 passes. Yeah, 10. And they just run the fucking ball down the Packers' throats. And then on the other side, the Packers, who want to run the ball, 
get down a little bit and then just say, okay, fuck it. They just completely abandon the run game, and it's like, hey, we're just going to, you know, Rodgers throws it 41 times. So it seems like. So was it week one, Aaron Jones got the rock 12 times, said it wasn't enough, and then yep. yet la- he got it nine He's times. Right. And then he, against the Bears, he got it like 21 times and rushed for like 160 yards. And he has won. Yeah. And then when he has lose, yeah. he gets the ball nine times, 12 times. That's it. Mm-hmm. Paid him, too. Normally when you pay a guy, it's like, oh, we have to give this guy the ball. Mm-hmm. Somehow that's not the case. Makes yeah. no sense. We'll be talking to Aaron Rodgers today. Can't mm-hmm. wait for that conversation. Yo. About an hour and a half. Really excited to hear how that goes. He is going to have to be focused on the next game because he got a big game against the Commanders. Correct. Mm-hmm. Without Carson Wentz, he got Taylor Heineke's debut. Yep. What is that going to do to the team? We shall know. But uh, he's going to have to worry about the game. He's not going to be the same disappointed guy that he was on Sunday, right? Because he's got a game coming up. Because Sunday's loss can turn into another one against the fucking Commanders. Yeah, and he can't have Jets and commanders back-to-back losses on the season if you want to have a good year. Yeah, absolutely. Have to beat the commanders, especially when you're fucking going up to Buffalo the following week. Can't turn this into a... Sunday night primetime. Buffalo's in a bye right now. Exactly. Getting Buffalo off a bye. Can't this... You know, this could... It honestly, if they get beat, like this could be the season here. You get a four game slide right in the middle there, like it's going to be very, very tough to dig yourself out of that hole. So, yeah, have to take care of business on Sunday. So, that's a fan talking. Mm-hmm. Aaron can't talk like that. No, Aaron, absolutely Aaron has not. to be like, how do we fix what we did last week and move forward? And no matter what he says today, he's going to piss somebody off sure. with how he acts. But I'm excited for him to sit in the pocket. He has done this. This is the third season. He has done this after terrible losses every single fucking year. Everybody always assumes, like, oh, this guy, this hippie, this guy who points blame to everybody else, he's not going on the show. He won't take – it's like he does. He fucking comes in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he does, he sits in here. He literally sits in here and answers it all and chats about it all. I'm excited to hear where his head's at. But the Packers are going to have to figure it out if they want to make a run because Commander's Bills is tough. Bills on a bye week. Poyer probably not going to have a contusion on his lungs yeah. anymore by next week. Right. Might be able to fly to the game as opposed to just drive 15 hours. I can't wait to watch the Bills continue to grow after their little self-scout in a bye week. Speaking of continuing <laughs> to grow. The Chiefs have restructured Travis Kelsey's contract, freeing up $3.455 million in cap space. If you do recall, Travis Kelsey did this either last offseason or two offseasons ago. The Chiefs had him restructure his contract because they wanted to open up some cap space to make some other moves. They move it into a signing bonus. It's a cash-over-cap situation. That money is now spread out throughout the remainder of his contract as opposed to just next season or this season in this particular case. So the fact that Travis Kelsey is the guy that they're doing that for that tells us that Travis Kelsey is the guy over there Travis Kelsey's going to be on the team forever and they got to trust a lot of trust in Travis Kelsey that he'll continue to go to work massive compliment to Travis Kelsey to be the guy that they asked to restructure move it into a signing bonus so they can eat or make a little bit more room in a cap this is for Odell Beckham Jr. has to be Remember, didn't they, didn't they give Kelsey a member just a out of nowhere raise before the season started? Yeah, took money from next year and gave it to him this year to kind of boost his salary. Yeah, so they've done this like three times yeah. now with Travis yes. Kelsey's deal, just because they don't, they know that Travis Kelsey, Cleveland guy from Cleveland Heights, New Heights podcast host, right. he's going to continue to work and show up. You can give him money; he's going to be a guy who he is. He's always going to be good. We love Travis Kelsey around here. That podcast with his brother is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. We're going to see some of his brother Jason Kelsey today. Mm-hmm. But they open up $3.455 million 
in cap space in the middle of the season. It is October 18th. There was a deadline, allegedly, of November for Odell Beckham Jr. to be back healthy. Odell Beckham Jr. has done an NFL tour, recruiting trips almost, mm -hmm. and he has gone to every single team that appears to have a shot in the long haul. The Chiefs are a team that has an opportunity to go the long haul. Yep. Chiefs have a great offense. The Chiefs could use another weapon. Why? Because the Chiefs use... All their weapons. Yeah, they do. Everybody. Odell Beckham Jr. being added to that crew over there would be the perfect Andy Reid move. It'd be perfect for Patrick Mahomes. And I can't believe we're saying that this is definitely going to happen, but that is why they opened up this cap space, Dashman. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't even think of that. I was just kind of thinking, like, oh, hey, look at them. That's great. They're doing right by Kelsey, generational player, one of the best Chiefs of all time. And probably in the back of my head, it's because I was holding out hope that the Packers realized, like, hey, we got to fucking get this guy no matter what. Okay, let's make sure this gets done. But you're right. They did that to get. OBJ and he probably <laughs> will be going to the Chiefs so that kind of you know that's great that's awesome the rich get richer that's it, how it works is there any other reason is there any other can, we're just a bunch of stooges sitting on a stage it doesn't really work in Indianapolis it was <laughs> overpaid for uh, is there any other reason why you would open up 3.455 million dollars on a fucking Tuesday in the middle of October whenever you're already six weeks into the season if it's it's either for OBJ if it's not for him the trade deadline is next week or a week and a half or whatever so it's for somebody like Chiefs are Who's worth $3.455 million? Are there any big guys that are um, out there? No, it's not going to be a big guy, but I will throw this name out there. If OBJ is not there, I've started to see Deshaun Jackson's name kind of float yeah. around. He was there. on I Am Athlete. They were live in uh, Philadelphia, maybe? He was, and he was in Baltimore yesterday, I think. Pac-Man mm -hmm. asked him uh, on the interview, he said, uh, are you retired? And I believe D-Jack said that D-Jack was ready. Yeah. yeah, he, he so, said D-Jack yeah. was ready to go. He he said a couple teams. He said Baltimore is a team because he was talking about Jackson to Jackson. He gave an answer mm -hmm. to. I believe Green Bay was yeah, a team he that he said. Packers, yep. I don't know if he said Kansas City or not, but what about Antonio Brown? Possible. I mean, I know he is. Could get, you fucking he is fathom Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster? Oh, they're back being on a team together again. Oh, I mean, he is getting paid to rap. Could, I've it? seen the checks. He's getting paid to rap, so I don't know. Uh, but he was at, I believe he was at a college football game this week. I feels like he's getting the itch to get back. You think he's missing the game? Yeah. I wonder if he's still running routes. Antonio Brown still got it. You were a teammate with him multiple times. He's just a fucking freak on the football field. Unbelievable. When he works his ass off, he really. I mean, from from a pure football standpoint. Football. We're talking. We're, we're not talking, talking about a rap no. game. We're not oh, talking no. outside the field. We're, we're not talking, talking any antics. We're not talking anything. Just from a football practice standpoint. Games. Unbelievable. He works his ass off. He's always catching jugs machine, balls in between periods when most guys are kind of getting their, their rest, water breaks. He is always working. He's grabbing the quarterback, working on timing, whatever it is. I mean, Chiefs the guy are, works. Chiefs have gone out and got guys, too, over the last few years or whatever that have question marks. But you did say you were the guy holding the camera when he was farting in that doctor's face, though. You were in Dubai? That was not me. Were you? Did you take his swimming trunks? No, but I mean that was an unbelievable video, right? I mean, what is <laughs> happening? What is happening right That's now? That's real world. Yeah. A B B and A B. Yeah. Unbelievable. The fuck, dude. That's Timothy. What is the? <laughs> what? He's not going. I mean, you it's can't, not Antonio Brown. Obviously, he doesn't have surgery. No, right? he said somebody's got to pay him first, then yeah. he'll get the surgery. Right. So you pay me first, then I'll miss six months. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. There's no way. It's OBJ. 
It has 100%. Because the thing about Juju, too, like, is Juju's probably their number one receiver, you could say? After this past weekend, he had a hell of a game. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But a hell it, of a game. Travis Kelsey's number one target. Yeah, Christian. yeah, but as a wide receiver. And he only, yeah, he only had five targets. Like, uh, he looks to Kelsey. You add Odell, that probably opens up even more with Juju. Like, when Juju was the number two with AB, he was a thousand yard receiver. I've seen, seen a report on the internet that said uh, Von Miller followed up again saying that he thinks Odell's coming to Buffalo. That'd be another good home for him. Sure. Perfect. I got another name. Christian McCaffrey. I thought that too. But Chiefs need him though. CEH. No. And Pacheco. CEH is a guy. They wouldn't use him later. And McKinnon. Yeah, Pacheco's a dude, by the yeah. way. Don't love he's wearing 10. But I heard Niners uh, potentially uh, in the trade market for McCaffrey. Mm. Really? That'd be awesome. Who they got in the backfield there? Uh, Jeff Everyone's, Wilson. Yeah. yeah, and their starters hurt. Elijah hurt. Mitchell, yeah. He still has like a few more weeks on the IR. Well, that they definitely have ones that they can trade, right? Well, no, oh, they, no, they do not. No, they no. But they could just get rid of that quarterback. I Send heard Chase Claypool's on the market. Packers, he's a Packer already, pretty much guaranteed. I mean, well, that's because Tomlin, right, wouldn't compliment Chase Claypool, right? Isn't that what everybody's saying? Mm-hmm. After the game, Chase Claypool, or, uh, Chase Claypool had a couple big-time catches with Mitchell Trubisky in the game. First time we've seen Chase in two years really make some plays. Yes. Chase's rookie year at a Notre Dame. He was fucking awesome. Ben Roethlisberger would do a hold my dick, just uh-huh. throw the ball up, and Chase would go and get it. Uh-huh. Chase was yoked. He was stacked. Seemed to be everything that you want in a wide receiver. And everybody was saying, oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers find another guy in the draft because they have the ability to do as such. In the NFL draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers seem to find wide receivers. That is just something they seem to have a good eye for for whatever reason. Chase Claypool was supposed to be the next one. Then Chase, in that offense as a whole, just kind of went to shit, complete mm-hmm. ineptitude. Yeah. He started doing a little bit off the field, which made everybody think, oh, this guy's Juju Smith-Schuster 2.0. And then now, is he all the way back? If he is all the way back, I would think that the Steelers would want to keep him around because Kenny Pickett, also a young quarterback that they're going to look for. But if he is all the way back, maybe they can get some trade value for him. And the Packers are allegedly in the market for a wide receiver before the trade deadline. A week ago, I would have said, yeah, but I watched him throw Monica Chauzinski in on on camera for the first time the other day, and that that is going to turn his career around quicker in than life. anything I've ever seen in my life. Fucking pretty much guaranteed Hall of Fame. Though. You felt real good about the Monica Chawzinski. Monica Chawzinski, it's one of my favorite ones to call it. Him saying that was the first time he did that. Yeah, also very interesting. Not good. No, no, no not in, not. In, hey, listen, you it, do it's a bold place to do it. The I, first. I, I am not, yeah. I don't know if tobacco is necessarily the celebratory play. Like, tobacco was training camp when all these fucking idiots. I, you weren't really a dipper, no. I was not. No, he wasn't. But mostly the big guys would have a dip, a char, or whatever. And you're at training camp and you have nothing else to do. So you accidentally go, like, all right, I'll fucking take one. Give me that. And then all of a sudden, you're just, oh, spinning. Yeah. Oh, mouth starts over. watering. You spinning. start spitting all of a sudden. You're like, get this. Why would I do this? This is not fun. They're like, no, you always get sick. Yeah, your first 10, 15, 20 times. <laughs> it's like, who the fuck? That sucks. Why do you fight through it? It's like, yeah, but once you get through that, the buzz is like all day. You know what I mean? I'm like, no. I've never been able to do the tobacco. So I appreciate that Chase is good teammates. Yeah, great. Seems like Chase is buying in. They, it seems like the camaraderie is high. Chris Boswell's talking shit about somebody on his way yeah, in. Somebody. Danny Smith's doing his thing. It feels like the Steelers' camaraderie after that win is high. Is now the time to kick Chase off the fucking team and send him somewhere else? I don't know if no, now's the all, time. We need all the weapons we can at this point make Super Bowl run. Yeah. Hundred percent. Sorry, beat the Bucks. Everyone said preseason they were the best team in the country. 
like yeah, what? In a country. In a country. Lock college Number football. Number one team mom. in the country. Uh-huh. <laughs> college football. My I appreciate you having a lot of college football in your brain because you're going to go ahead and deliver that to my brain probably on Friday night. And I appreciate those <laughs> professor dig sessions on Friday night. If you need to learn more about college football, find the college football sports gambling enthusiast. Mm-hmm. That person understands the ins and outs a little bit more like I have with Tone. But if they're in for any wide receiver, you would think that'd be Odell Beckham Jr. Tire. You're not pumped up about that? You think it's maybe Chase Claypool? You know what? Maybe both those guys come to the Colts and the Colts fucking make a runaway. Oh. Yeah, certainly possible. I'd much rather that the uh, – I mean, like you know, because you can just sign OBJ. Like, who know? I would imagine since the, the Steelers just drafted Claypool and he was a fairly high pick, like I don't think they're just giving him up for like a seventh-round pick. So – that kind of worries me what the compensation would be. Too. Exactly. Yeah, he also needs a con- – I don't know. It's just like you said, like he, he was so good when he first got there, but then all like kind of the off-the-field stuff, I'm, the thir- I'm one of the top three receivers in the NFL, like all that kind of bullshit. I don't know if that would really jive with what the Packers have going right now. You add another piece to that, I feel like that could be – you know, if he comes in and doesn't – just immediately light it up like that that could turn pretty sour pretty quickly yeah you guys can't be doing scratch offs right now right exactly you need yeah you need the sure thing plus they already have to simplify that offense and so what's adding a a new wide receiver how much more do you have to simplify that offense well matt lafleur said i don't don't even know know what that means what the hell are we talking about i I get it i get i actually i don't I don't know what that means. We'll ask Aaron what he thinks it means when it for yeah. LaFleur say he doesn't know what that means. And what did he mean whenever he said simplify the offense? And we might get an answer. We might not. I mean, who knows? Because football is a complicated game. So is the NFL, especially whenever you're top three in the league. Chase has to have that mentality, doesn't he? Has to. I mean, as, as a receiver, those guys have to be the most selfish people on the, on the field, and they have to be that way. They want the ball. They want the moment. And, you know, I've never, I've never met a good one that didn't think he was the best and want – the best corner on them and want the ball in every every single snap. Same thing for the corners. Uh-huh. You know, they talked about that rookie last night. He was getting targeted. Mm-hmm. He had two pass interferences, and he makes a big time pass breakup on fourth down. It's like you have to have this unbridled confidence that just makes no sense at all. I feel like I'm a rather confident person. There's some stuff that really will get me to doubt myself. But you meet some of these corners, and you see the way some of these corners are operating. I mean, they get bombed on. Fucking yeah. bombed on. And they have to turn around in the next 15 seconds and square back up with that person and can't get bombed on again. They actually have to make a play. Like the type of mentality, dog mentality that that takes is something I'm not sure a lot of humans have. In the wide receiver's chase, I think he probably meant I have the capability yes. of potentially being top three overall. Leaves all those out and says I'm top three wide receiver in the NFL. Has to have that mentality. Have to prove that you are that guy, though, if you talk about it. Hopefully he'll get an opportunity to continue to do that with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Or maybe he is on the trademark. I don't know why you would if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, but maybe he is, old yeah. Boston Connor. Yeah, and like for the Packers, absolutely, adding a weapon doesn't hurt, but it does feel like they have the guys like that they can just use better. Like Aaron Jones can't have nine carries. A.J. Dillon, you know, sure, like 10 carries for your, your second guy isn't bad. But, like, they should be running the football. And I don't know if it comes down to the uh, – A.J.'s good, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, Aaron Jones is the straw that stirs yeah. the drink. Like, so I don't know if we really need to be, like, taking carries away from him. So, A.J. – like, A.J. – or, again, put both those fucking guys on the field at the same time. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Full linebacker. Split yeah. backfield, right? But they absolutely need another receiver. Absolutely. Thunder and Lightning, Tiki Barr, Especially Brandon now Jacobs. That oh. Cobb's out for like four to six weeks. Ahmad Bradshaw, oh. Brandon Jacobs. That one. Brandon Jacobs was such a dog. He was. I, I seen him throw his helmet into the stands. What? 10, 15 rows against Colts. It was awesome. 
Just fucking see him. Just leaving. <laughs> like security was like, can you give us a helmet back? He needs it for the like, fucking next series. <laughs> <laughs> I was always looking up. I don't think he meant to throw. I think it stuck to his glove. I think he was going to throw uh, it like the, into a net or something, yeah. like into something. It stuck to his glove and it fucking went up there. He was not happy. But I remember thinking to that guy, like, I'm really happy that I'm just a low life bum. Uh, punter, because if I had to line up and tackle that guy, I would cool. not want to do that. And, and then Ahmad Bradshaw would come and shake immediately after. Ahmad Bradshaw, great teammate. Hey, great fucking teammate. Hope you're well, Ahmad, by the way, if you see this. You too, Brandon. Hey, that was a lot of fun you guys provided. Oh, yeah. Thunder and lightning. Uh, let's, uh, you know, every once in a while, we like to provide people with an experience of something. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. We are very fortunate to have the platform we have. There's a lot of people that watch this show, whether it's on YouTube right here, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, podcast, yep. you name it. I mean, there is too many people that listen to our dumbasses talk and too many people that watch our dumbasses talk, but we appreciate all you. You're the greatest fucking people on Thank you, you people. You're very busy people, I assume, and you know when you're not listening to us spew dumb shit into microphones, who knows what you got going on. I'm not sure you get an opportunity to listen to the Let's Go podcast that Tom Brady hosts with Jim Gray mm -hmm. every single Monday. So what we wanted to do was we wanted everybody to experience the Let's Go experience because mm -hmm. we allude to the show every once in a while on this show and numbers are telling us and conversations telling us that nobody else is listening to this right. show so we would like people to experience the let's go experience the tom brady jim gray podcast from sirius xm ladies and gentlemen the let's go experience we're here on let's go he's tom brady i'm jim gray our program is brought to you by american express there's something about it the sound of the buzzer the blow of the whistle the coach yelling just loud enough for you to hear them from your seats. That's right. Or, like Tom Brady did on your television yesterday, oh. we can hear you. It's oh. thrilling, and you can't wait to do it all again next week. Hell yeah. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. Oh. American Express. Don't live life without it. Shut well, up. I'm sure your teammates, Tom, could have lived without uh, that verbal shellacking that you gave them trying to motivate them yesterday can you tell us what happened great transition. i don't know if it's motivation but i it's do think shot. that it's a bad day when there's more f-bombs than touchdowns oh. so <laughs> that was not one of my better days but um f-bombs usually don't they don't make it they used to kind of keep you from you know showing you in those moments oh. uh but uh, now it's kind of for the world to yeah, see so or a lot of other that's just the way it is and how do the guys take it when it's happening in that moment it, it's all good you know i think i have a great rapport with all my teammates oh, and they good. know that the only reason why i'm doing it is to try to motivate <laughs> them and try to get us to a higher level it's nothing that i don't say you know if i don't feel like we're living up to the expectations and playing up to the expectations that we're capable then it's that's my job you know i'm a quarterback yeah. you, you know I'm, I'm not expecting the right tackle to do it i'm not expecting the the running back to do it. I'm not expecting the, you know, the receiver, the receiver to do it. I'm expecting myself to do it. I'm the one out there speaking in the huddle, calling the plays. That's what my job is to try to get us going and to try to rally us. And there's a lot of ways to do it. And sometimes it's some positive encouragement, which you do a lot. Sometimes it's, you know, getting on people and trying to raise the level, the sense of urgency and raising my voice and trying to create a different vibration for the whole offense. And that's ultimately what you're trying to do. And Belichick used to do that with you. How did you take it? And who does that to you now? Will a teammate come up to you and say, hey, shape up, or you're not doing this right? And, and, and if so, how was it received? You better Always. Shape I mean, up. I, think, I think that's part of being a great 
teammate, you know, is is being receptive to what the people you care about think. You know, if these people have a great deal of respect for you by the way that you show up to work and you're prepared, then you have the opportunity to say whatever you want. It's our team. It's no one owns the team. Well, you know, and the players the don't, the coaches yeah. don't. Yeah. Okay, you. He did almost own the Dolphins there he for did, a little sure. bit. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of that, you know, is fascinating to listen to Tom Brady chat about his mindset and why he does what he does. And I think the reason why this has become such a big conversation is because, they, you know, obviously what's going on in his personal life is no fun. We don't want to dive into people's personal lives, although it is being told to us and it's obviously affecting the way he's going about doing his business in which he's the greatest of all time. So we just have to mention that for those of you that don't know, even though everybody on fucking earth knows that this is happening because it is too colossal celebrities that have been together for a long time breaking up publicly one of them being the greatest of all time who unretired to get back into the nfl which has caused that and now he's you know seemingly ruining everything that he's built over the last 20 some years in just a mere six weeks so whenever he's chewing out the offensive line on the sideline and he's saying you guys are so much fucking better than you're playing right now so much fucking better. And it's with 40-some seconds left in the second quarter. That game is not over. There's yeah. still a lot to turn around. I do believe that Tom Brady, in his mind, had no ill intent. I do believe that Tom Brady was going over there to try to rally a young group of offensive linemen, a group that has kind of been plugged and placed together with injuries all over it. Werfs is still there. He's an absolute dog. By what, Hainsey, the guard, the other tackle, everybody mm-hmm. is kind of new. So I think Tom was trying to motivate them. The thing that makes it very easy for every single human that watched that, both live and on the Internet, is he was at Kraft's wedding on Friday night, missed Saturday walkthrough, flew on his own plane to Pittsburgh Steelers game. He was isolating himself away from the team, missing a pretty key component to preparation of a game, which is a walkthrough, which, once again, Tom Brady has earned. Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. Tom Brady's won a lot of, a Super Bowl ring for a lot of people down in that Tampa Bay Buccaneers building. So there ain't shit anybody can say to anybody. Is Tom Brady abusing that privilege of being able to do as such and missing those things? That's a conversation for another day. But it's hard not to look at those offensive linemen and just go, where the fuck, we could have done this yesterday. You were, <laughs> remember, you were at that wedding with Robert Kraft and Al Michaels was doing. So it's easy for us to say that. Let's go to a man who's probably been in this exact situation from Tom Brady, AQ. When he does this type of thing, rallies the troops. When he does this thing after missing a walkthrough and he spotted at Robert Kraft's wedding and he flies on his own plane to the game, is it taken the same way? How could it be, I think, if you're dealing with humans, right? Yeah, I think Saturday's the last time that you get to be with the group. It's your final preparations. It's your last minute a reminders, whatever it is, right? And he was not a part of that. He was not there for the walkthrough. He was not a part for, with the group for the plane ride, whatever it may be, right? So you're looking at that and you're like, ah, oh, what, what is going on there? I mean, does he deserve a pass? Maybe, right? Like he's the greatest of all time. It's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady, right? But at the end of the day, you know. Belichick ain't let him do that. No, no fucking no. And so he goes out <laughs> and does that. Go to the and, the, and the offensive line's getting reamed out. And it's just like. Optically. Was he playing great? I don't know. Was the offensive line playing great? I don't know. But. It certainly seemed a little odd, right? It seemed a little odd? Yeah, I think so. And once again, I don't think Tom Brady had any negativity when he was going over there. Mm-hmm. I think Tom Brady lacked a little awareness potentially because of the situation that happened. But once again, Tom Brady's on the sideline of an NFL uh, game. He's the greatest in the history of that fucking league. So he should probably feel comfortable to say whatever he wants to anybody at any time. But I just think optics of it all, with the unretirement, 
all hell breaking loose in his personal life, yep. going to a wedding, missing a walkthrough, traveling alone, then doing all that, then them losing to a second-string secondary in Pittsburgh, yeah. out of defensive MVP, and a Mitchell Trubisky after Kenny Pickett. It's like the optics of it all look absolutely fucking terrible. And I appreciate Jim Gray asking him about it immediately after the American Express ad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, peop- the one person who could probably actually give like the best insight is Shaq Mason. Because he played with Tom in New England, and then he got traded to Tampa this year, and he's their starting left guard, I think. Like, I, I obviously Brady has flipped out on the sideline before like this, but like you mentioned, it's the stuff that has happened this week and last week and the stuff that, you know, Tom leaving even in training camp for 11 days. Like and it, missing some during the season. Miss, yeah, yeah, like there's so many different things that has never happened in Tom's career that has happened this season specifically, and then it just kind of all boiled over this weekend, it felt like. As somebody with no elite at all to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, other than the fact that my friend was a player coach, Super Bowl champion. That's for right. Sure. Cool. Ring. And Clyde Christensen, the quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that guy. Mm-hmm. Bruce Arians, good guy. He's still down there, I think. Mm-hmm. We had a house in Tampa. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Go Boach. But aside from that, Tom, we appreciate everything you've done for the NFL. Mm-hmm. It does feel like your unretirement was one of the worst fucking decisions <laughs> in the history of sport. Yeah. yeah. But I, do we have faith that Tom's able to turn this whole thing around? It's only going in. We were only going in week seven. They've looked terrible. Do you have faith that Tom can turn this around? Is he enough to make that team become a winning team? They're going to have to trade for somebody at some point. Rick Stroud talked about that yesterday. They're going to need at least another something to get them over the hump. But do you think that this team's able to turn it around, or is this a fucking failed year completely, personally, professionally, optically for Tom Brady, you think, AQ? I think if there's two people we've learned not to question – it's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. We've questioned them both probably at some point during this year. Everybody's like, Patriots are dead. Or last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the Patriots year. are there, right? I think we're questioning whether the Buccaneers are dead. I think you, the year we won the Super Bowl, called me at some point. We're like, you guys are dead. You guys fucking stink. Yeah, yeah. dead. Yeah. by the Bears. Yeah, when you went down there, there, when you went down to that team in Tom, remember, I was banging the drum loud. How many teams are going to want to sign Tom Brady? I said like 20 fucking seven of them. Mm-hmm. What are we even talking about? It's Tom Brady. And then they're going, no, not that many people want to deal with Tom's shit. It's like, what? That was at the time. Now we're learning there was a lot more teams potentially interested. They're talking about it. He goes down there. I had high hopes of being like, yes, this is the new NFL. Get vets. Get trades. Let the big dogs do their thing and keep it moving. And you guys stunk all the way up to like week 11 when the bye week was, I think. Then he played the Falcons, I think, the next week after that. And that was when the offense kind of came into its own. Playoff Lenny started rolling. You guys started rolling. And then you go win the fucking Super Bowl, and I'm thankful for that. So I guess there still is time. And we have seen Tom Brady be able to work some magic later in the season. But, damn, it looks terrible right now. And I wonder when he lays his head down on – Whatever feathers he sleeps on that makes you the most optimum sleeper because mm-hmm. he's not putting his head on any other bird nope. that doesn't put you to bed the best. I'm wondering if he's questioning fucking everything right now. I honestly do. Yeah, and it certainly helps that that division isn't the strongest and that they're in the NFC as opposed to the AFC. But I think part of it, too, is when he was talking about coming back, it was all like, I can't leave my guys hanging like this you know like I want to go back for my guys and for my teammates and it's like now it just kind of comes off as disingenuous it's like well if that was the case like 
you know, if you wanted to miss all this time and shit like that, then why didn't you just stay retired? And I think part of it, like you said, too, with the optics, like this is the first time there's ever been like a crack in the armor for Brady. So you, it, there's blood in the water and, and then they're not playing well and all this other shit's going on. Like people are going to fucking swarm to it, like stink on shit. Like that's just the way it, it I mean, yes. they've never had this opportunity before. What did you do? You started laughing earlier. You go, <laughs> you'll yeah. always be remembered as a Patriot after this. Cause it's going to burn down. You got no faith. He's going to turn us around. It's no. Tom fucking Brady. Pop. I have faith that he can turn it around, but I don't think that he will turn it around. It just feels oh, like there's too much There's too much going on. And he's had stuff in his personal life before, but it's never been this public. Like, he's dealt with things behind closed doors, and he's able to block that out, and people aren't able to question him. Now, with how public it is, like, yeah, it's probably pretty hard for him to deal with everything and having to do so much press. And, yeah, I'm pumped that he stinks down in Tampa right now because at the end, if it continues to go how it is, People remember Tampa as the place that made Tom Brady just another guy in the NFL. Another and guy. They'll remember New England you as the place where Tom Brady became Tom Brady. All right. Well, I hope that's the case because, Peyton, it's tough to find him in a Colt jersey unless it's the statue downtown Indiana. Right. Yeah, it's fairness, one and one. Yeah. In fairness to Tom, what's Bob Kraft doing scheduling a fall wedding and football season? That is, yeah. What's he doing? It seemed like it was well planned out and – I saw Meek Mill and Ed Sheeran did a uh, freestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elton John was Meek there. Meek Mill actually let off with saying, uh, I wrote this with my heart on the way here. I wonder what that was all about. Hmm. How about him coming out in Philadelphia getting yeah. Sunday Night Football? Yeah. Sweet. Hold up, wait a minute. Mask over his face. I didn't fully understand because we couldn't really hear him. Right. Was cold? I thought maybe we'd drop it down during the I performance. I enjoyed he kept running in cheerleaders, too. That was my favorite part. Yeah, didn't, he was stepping on them. Yep. And they were, yeah. But he was, he was so zoned <laughs> was in. show, yeah. He was so vibed in. He was with the music. He didn't even know mm-hmm. what his feet were doing. You know, he's just letting the music kind of hit his bones. Meek Mill. I'm, what a life story that guy has. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited for that to be told one day as a documentary. It should be a great time. Uh, let's end hour one in a beautiful fashion. AQ. Yeah. Why don't you head over to this putting green room? Come on, Al. Here we go. So AQ's got these little arms. Mm-hmm. Okay. It served him well when he was looking for leverage both in fight camp in Arizona <laughs> yep. and also in the NFL as a center. But it doesn't work well for like a half-court basketball no. shot. Sure. So what we said is, hey, AQ, why don't you take five putts? You make three of these putts. We will give 10 random people that retweet this video $500 to celebrate this Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. And, yes, we'll go in the trenches later today where AQ will break down some Mm -hmm. offensive line play Mm -hmm. from around the NFL where we will get smarter and better as analysts of the NFL. But right now, will AQ be able to bury three out of five putts to Get 10 winners of $500. 10 people's lives could change with the hands of the man that wore a Super Bowl ring more than once. 10 people can win $500 if the man who calls restaurants acting as his own agent to get a spot at a high-profile place can make three putts out of five. A.Q. Shipley out of Moon Township. Same home as Joe DiNardo. Joe DiNardo, much better mooner than A.Q. Shipley. Miss you, Joe. Love you, Joe. Which one is the Whatever you want. Whichever one you want, pal. First spot, A.Q. Shipley. Body like gorilla. Hands like ninja. Jesus oh, Christ. No. All that. All that. Oh, oh. Oh! One for one. Wow. Obviously, rest in peace, Joe DiNardo. That one was for, for you. you. Yeah, it was. 
his second putt. A.Q. Shipley, incredible golfer, has a green in his backyard. He goes oh, two dialed. for two. That one was for Paterno. Two for two. If he makes one of these remaining three, we will give ten random people who retweet this five hundred dollars. Oh, a little nails. bit of a pool. A little bit of a pool. Uh oh. On the ball. Pressure's on. Only two more. Only needs to make one of these two. Remember, Tiger Woods goes fifty-two percent from eight-foot putts over his career. No Correct. Big deal. That one looks good. Ooh, oh, man. Uh-oh, AQ. Heartbreak City in the last You're flip. real teased, dude. Uh-oh. First two fall. Will the last one fall for 10 random winners? Oh, oh no. Oh. Pulled it. Oh! Let's go. Good putt. Good putt. Retweet this video. Woo! Say something nice to somebody and put your cash tag in the reply. He's done with its sixth weekend of beautiful matchups. It ended last night in an electrifying Monday night football matchup. That's all the Denver Broncos a mile high. Travel to SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. And because of a kicker being an absolute dog, burying four kicks, including one in overtime with a torn hamstring, the Chargers walk out of Monday night football with a dub. They're currently four and two. A lot of questions. Will they win a Super Bowl? Will they continue to make the same mistakes they made last year. Who cares? They got to win. They survive until next Sunday. The Broncos, incredibly boring to watch play football. What are they going to become by the end of the year? Hopefully something that will make somebody in the Denver Broncos faithful. Broncos country say... Let's ride into the future with a man we paid $260 million before we saw him take a goddamn snap. Is Nathaniel Hackett in over his head? It does appear to be the case. We shall see how week seven of the NFL season treats us starting on Thursday night when two colossals take each other on at Boston Connor. You're looking forward to this one. Saints, Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins making his return. We might see a whole new Cardinals team. Robbie Anderson making his debut Uh at Tyshawn. Schmidt, the Green Bay Packers, obviously in an interesting predicament. They're 3-3. Three and three. This is the first time this has happened in the LaFleur era. Uh, we have Aaron Rodgers in about 50 minutes. Where's your heart rate at right now? Where's the anxiety out of Ty Schmidt? Last night's Yankees-Guardians game got rained out. Now it's been pushed to today. We got Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The Packers seem to be trying to figure some stuff out. Where's the heart rate at right now, Ty Schmidt? Yeah, not great. I'm very worried about the Yankees game today. That's kind of what is you know taking most of the bandwidth in my brain right now. With the, the Packers, it's tough because I mean it, it is still so early. They're three and three, and like you know, you look around the league, like shit. I'm I'm glad I'm not a Broncos fan. You know, I mean, yeah. you paid all this money to Russell Wilson, and it's like their season pretty much feels like it's over. So, Packers, they just need to take care of business, but they do have a tough schedule coming up. And the hardest thing is that it just has looked so ugly. You know, a couple years ago when they went thirteen and three and they ended up getting their asses beat in the NFC Championship, they were winning a lot of ugly games. That's not really the case right now. The offense doesn't look great. The defense looks like shit. We had, you know, kind of a step back with the special teams. I'm I'm confident that they will get it figured out and still make the playoffs, but the clock is ticking. Yeah, clock is ticking to Aaron Rodgers Tuesday here in about 49 minutes. Uh, Tone Diggs, one half of the hammer. Done. Cowboys. How'd you guys bet last night? Pretty good. I, I saw that Gumpy was 10-3 and three on college football yeah. this weekend. That's unbelievable. Uh, he's oh. the best footy better on earth. He might be the best college football gambler mm-hmm. on earth. Maybe I should call him before I make my picks on Saturday mornings for game day. Why? Mm. Oh. Something to think about. Nonetheless, Tone, how'd you guys do last night? Did we hit? Did we know the 
the Broncos were going to cover. Chargers are going to win. That's a nice twofer. Yeah, I was on the uh, Broncos. Gumpy was on the under. Um, Bruce actually hit like a uh, almost three grand parlay. He had the Chargers money line, but and then he also hedged it with Broncos plus the four and a half. So he middled it and won all of it there. Good twofer. night. Good night for the uh, Hammer Down boys. Well, it seems like you guys have those uh, evenings on a regular occasion. So we are incredibly pumped and proud of you guys. And your new studio is about built. Now, Plus. when you move in there, you got about seven, eight weeks of shit you're going to have to go through. Right. You guys will battle, though. You'll continue sure. to give out winners. That'll be all that matters. Uh, obviously, joining us on stage every single Tuesday is a man who's a host at In the Trenches and the Bobbled Exchange, Alan Quay Shipley, Super Bowl champion. Great to see you. Great putt in 2 one, three or 5 Let's over go. here on the putt-putt uh, to win 10 random people, $500 on the Twitter. If you see that tweet, go ahead and retweet it. Say something nice to somebody and put your cash tag. Speaking of cash tag, this guy's cash tag should be Face of Ohio. Oh, yeah. College football now. National champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hall. Yeah. What's up, dude? What's going on? AQ with the nice hands. I see him over there in the putting green. Let's yeah. go. It was great. First two, one in. Then he missed three and four. Then he got to feel a little bit of anxiety on that. I, I like whenever people get to feel it a little bit. You know, and I asked him when we were at commercial break, I'm like, hey, did you feel it a little bit? You know, because eyes were on you. There was money on the line. He goes, yeah, I did feel it a little bit. So the fact that you knocked it down, you still got it, dude. Still got it. You can still handle pressure. Let's you go. St- you still got the mental capacity to be yeah. able to have the weight of the world on your shoulders, on your hands, and bury it and make it go home. Ain't that right? That's right. 100%. No yip shit. No yip shit. Proud of you. Yet. Why do you say yet? They'll, ne- they'll never come. Will they no, they always come, don't they? All the, all the old golfers, they always get the yips, right? Everybody. I don't, I don't golf. You don't have to. Yips. I, I think it just becomes either. Yeah, yeah. I golf three times a year. That's just how my year went. Yeah. What was it? Yeah. Bad. I don't know. Bad yeah. I guess. So. <laughs> you play a lot out there in Arizona, though, right? Uh, yeah. He, I mean, not so much anymore. Kids kids really put a damper on things. Oh, no, no, but they're good. They yeah. are good, but they put a damper. I mean, you just don't have as much time. And then when you do have time, it's like, oh, I'm going to be gone for six hours. Oh, you are. Oh, you are. <laughs> you are on a Saturday. Is that, on your the one day. Is that your mirror talking to you right there? No, that's, that's, that's the old wife. Oh, old volunteer. Okay. There it is. Okay. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. AJ, let's dive into not only AQ's putts, if you would like to expand upon that, and his home life, which it sounds like you probably have something similar. None of us get to golf as much anymore. The game's way too long. Way too long. I wish they'd be able to figure that out, but it's at least something to strive for later in life when we ain't got shit to fucking do. Now, what did you think of the game last night? We've been pretty hard on the Denver Broncos because how miserable they are to watch on primetime. They're four games into a seven-game primetime season, the Denver Broncos team. Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, who I know all your friends say good things about, he seems to be in over his head. The Broncos seem to not really have a clue what's going on offensively. Their games are boring. Their defense is good. Chargers get a win. What's your thought, AJ, just as a whole on last night's Monday Night Football matchup? I mean, the bizarre offense of the Denver Broncos just continues. You feel like at some point, is Russ going to look like Russ? And I understand what shoulder now he has a hamstring that can't make it any easier for him to try to get back on track but still like missing some easy throws and not seeing like simple check downs or open receivers it's just it's weird I don't know I don't know if his head's spinning if there's too much going on for him or what it is but just a bizarre situation I feel like I actually thought last night like did this guy take some sort of plant or drug oh. and made him forget how to play football huh. awesome. Awesome. that check down to the tight end right in front of him yeah. when he got sacked mm-hmm. That touchdown last week to win it, uh-huh. it's like, 
these are wide open fucking guys. So I know we want to hammer Hackett because he might be in over his head. And when he does press conferences and some of the decisions he makes, and he's already hired somebody in to help him out with situational management, which we appreciate him addressing it. But him having to hire somebody makes us automatically say, uh, you don't think you can handle it? It's a no-win situation for Hackett. But it seems like Russell Wilson is just, you know, is he... He's just not confident in what he's seeing. You think he's not trusting his eyes? Has he lost his confidence? I see him walking with his good man brand. Yeah. I don't think he's lost any confidence, has he? That might be it, though. It might be that he lost his confidence, doesn't trust I don't know. I mean, he seems to be super confident in every video he puts out or everything he says to the media. But how he does carry himself on the field during the game, like, I pay a lot of attention to see, like, how he's interacting after a three and out, how he goes to the sideline, what he's doing. It doesn't seem like he's talking to a whole lot of people. Well, and then Sherman and Marshawn Lynch said that they would hit him up and tell him, like, hey, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. But to do that, they got to go through his team to get to him. And I wonder if that's what the Broncos – That are. was a bit concerning. That's absurd. We, AQ and I talked about that earlier. And I mentioned how not only in, like, football, but, like, I go to the WWE, go to ESPN, this particular show, anywhere that I've, I've felt like, oh, I'm part of a pretty good team here. Everybody is attainable. Everybody is like, actually, like, hey, you need anything, you ask me. Now, I'm busy, so I might not fucking get back to you, like, in the first two minutes. But if you need something, here it is. The fact that that didn't happen all those years in Seattle, I'm surprised they won as much as they did, AJ. I'm surprised they won as much as they did. Well, I wonder how how long it took for Russ to get to that stage to where he did have – he was sending friends and teammates through a manager. Like, he didn't come to town with that, did he? I would assume that all grew as he became Russ and – won a Super Bowl, went to another one. That all started to, to grow as he got there. And I guess they're probably – the guys that were in Seattle probably saw Russ when he got there compared to when he left. And they're like, this, this isn't guy, really the same person. This guy fucking sucks, dude. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that it appear, that's like kind of how they all talk about it. And is it because Team 3 got too powerful? Is it because Team 3, you know, started potentially seeing a little success? Team 3 started seeing abilities for Team 3 to make themselves more important in Russ's life. Hey, you, you – Hey, send them to me. I'll do. I'll be the. I'll be the guy that kind of handles all that type of stuff. I'll be the lady that takes care of all your schedule, and I'll be the person that does this. In Team Three, remember they're the ones that said, "Seattle can't block for him. They don't let him cook." Right. Statement from Team Three, mm-hmm. not Russ. Not much different. The team, mm-hmm. not three. The team was saying this, uh, and then he went on Dan Patrick. He didn't confirm nor deny what Team Three said, but he said Team Three they got their own, mm-hmm. they got their own yeah, compound going yeah. on. It's just like it's a weird fucking situation. This Mister Unlimited guy is honestly because what have we been do told? You have anyone? I'm sorry. Do you have anyone that you interact with that you do have to go through somebody like a proxy to get to them? No, not like interact with them on a regular basis. No, like I and this is. This is why I'm a bad host. I don't like bookers because I think they're scam artists, bookers. I don't think they're doing anything. So I tried to, I'll say, oh, we'll book. We'll book ourselves. Then I'll reach out to somebody that I think I know. And I'm like, hey, is there any chance you want to come on the show this week? Just let me know. And they're like, yeah, here's my person. Hit me up. I'm like, okay, never talking to you again. You know, but... That's probably how it operates for a lot of people. You know what I mean? So when you're talking about day-to-day personal stuff, there's no yeah. human remaining in my life that I cannot talk to, right? I, we all only have yeah. a certain amount of Why days. Why would there be? Can't do it. Professionally, though, I've been sent to a couple people, and I felt like it was a shot, but didn't know if it was a shot because it might just be how they operate. But I definitely learn a lot about the person whenever that happens, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would just feel weird saying that to somebody if I was like, hey, here yeah. we go, uh, Hey, what's your number, man? Uh, here you go. Here is here is Betty's number. You got to go through her, and then she'll let me know, and then she'll write me a note or something. You know what and fucked me up? Maybe she'll give you a voicemail. You know what fucked me up? 
What? Peyton Manning fucked me up. Because Why? Because he's a human? Yeah. I'm fucking I'm I'm pretty cool to see that, huh? Yeah, like this dude's his head is more famous than any of you motherfuckers <laughs> mm-hmm. that I'm talking to right now. So like if this guy is just like interacting with everybody, texting everybody, hey, you want to do this? I got you, I'll do this, I'll do that. And then I meet somebody else that is way, right? But trying to become, trying to become Peyton. Like you could tell like, this is what the Manning thing did. I'm going to try to go do that. It's like, it's hard for me to take that person serious because I'm like, that's not... Mm-hmm. That's, this isn't the right way to go about doing stuff, I don't think. But, hey, I'm also a stooge. You probably don't want to talk to us. Just send me to whoever the fuck you got to. But it is an interesting... That Richard Sherman, Marshall, and Lynch conversation was alarming. And I think a lot of the shit that we're seeing out of Russ is alarming because it's vastly different than what we've been led to believe this entire time. Yeah, there's no way that's changed. Like, he came to Denver, and granted, again, we don't know this for a fact, but allegedly he has his own office in the building. And it's not as if he would get all this money and then all of a sudden be like, oh, you know what, no, I'm on a new team. I've been paid more than I ever have. Like, I'm going to give everyone my number. And, you know, the Melvin Gordon thing was one, you know, situation where he wasn't playing. He got carries in the first quarter. He's on the sideline, and they're putting the clown face on him and all that stuff. But when you see Jerry Judy in overtime, like, pissed, and he's one of his best receivers, you got to assume that. Nah, he might be talking about how much Melvin on the field. Exactly. Why he isn't on there. We can never guess what somebody's pissed off about on the sideline. That's like... On the side, like he might be saying, like we got your fucking ass just standing on the sideline. We get fucking sixteen points tonight. We have absolutely nothing, and you're just standing over here. He could have been saying that. He might not have been taking a shot at Russ. No, he might not have been taking a shot at anybody. We have no idea who people are talking about on the sideline. That's like when fans get real pissed off about a guy smiling on the sidelines. Like, what if an asshole like me walked up to a guy and said, like, "Hey, worst fucking day of our lives," just like in an in immediate. Oh, fuck you. You know, like that happens. Yeah. They get caught on camera. Bad teammate. This person doesn't care. It's like you have no idea what's being talked about on that sideline right there. And it's hard for us to guess. But Judy's not happy. No. Gordon came out no. and said, they put a clown on my face. I wasn't able to fucking do anything. And our team was inept. Why don't they put him on the field? What is up with these coaches? Picking and choosing when they're using guys and holding grudges against guys. Is there just that much shit happening off the field that we don't know from the past? AQ, you would know. You've been a coach a lot closer. And I'm not going to. I'm not going to say. Yeah, how's that going to staff meeting, AQ? Like, if they're going to talk about not playing somebody, how do, do, does the head coach bring it up in a staff meeting? What do they do? Like, hey, we don't like this guy. Let's well, 100. percent And there's there's obviously a reason, right? There's so the running back coaches or whoever makes that decision, right? It could be it could be the head coaches, it could be the GM's decision, it could be any of that. So that obviously always gets brought up. But it's funny you brought that up because bad teams find ways. They're gonna they're gonna use that footage right there of Judy and him and like talk about that because it's a bad team, right? I've been on teams before with bad teams where like a coach they'll they'll get clips from like the game or whether it's the tv copy and find somebody smiling and be like what the fuck are you doing here like uh we are like, actually talking about how fucking inept you are as a head. what if yeah yeah, yeah. That's, oh, oh, that's actually on me coach yeah i went up to him he was pissed because you guys didn't throw him the ball giving him an opportunity and i walked up and i said could you imagine a dumb fuck like nathaniel hackett deciding you're not good enough to play and he laughed so it was a pretty good joke but that's on me not on him thanks yeah. i'll let you go by imagine that coach stopping you yeah. Well, I didn't expect It'd be that. Be amazing at all. if that was said, but it would never be said, right? No, oh, ever. Not in a ever. team meeting, but it's yeah. real though. Like it's a real thing where it seems like grudges are almost held. I'm not saying that's what's happening with Melvin Gordon. How's it going with the offense and defense? The defense is uh, playing uh, very, very well. Like how was that relationship between those two groups? Did you guys ever? No, you you had Aaron all the time, I guess. Yeah, we were the ones. Like we had to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, we were the right. Yeah. This guy's this guy's bailed us out of twelve straight games. Man. We got <laughs> yeah, the offense was actually the ones mad at us, but there's a lot of times where there's defenses that are like, 
okay, we'll try to win. We'll win this game, I guess. But then it comes to a point. It was with the Bears a couple years ago. Yeah. Remember the when Bears? It happens every game. It happens every game. It gets exhausting, I think, for defense. For the sure. Bears, what was it, like week seven, I felt like, whenever they had the uh, Trubisky, Foles, uh, oh, yeah. who else was Chase there? Daniel. Chase Daniel experience with Nagy. Oh, and Chuck, I think, right? And the defense yeah. was great. Yeah. The defense was loaded. The defense was flying around. And then it just got to a point where the defense was like, can't do it. These guys are giving up. This yeah. fucking offense doesn't deserve yeah. what we're about to go do. And that's not good. You can't do that in the NFL. You're putting shit on tape. You can't do it. But you could see how there's a little bit of a division because those that don't know, the offense in the NFL is its own team. The defense in the NFL is its own team. The only time people are in the same room really chatting is team meeting and special teams. And in special teams, everybody's sitting around their group. They're not really interacting. They're just doing their thing. So you're talking about two platoons here that are going to work every single week. And if you're the Denver Broncos defense, you see $260 million spent on that quarterback. Okay, Sertain ain't getting $260 million. Nope. He's best in the fucking game, they're saying. Those other dudes are holding the fucking Herbert and them to 16 uh-huh. points. They're not getting $260 million. The quarterback is – think about the Jaguars. Remember when they paid Bortles after that AFC championship run to the New England Patriots? They paid Bortles, and then allegedly the locker room, which was defensive-led, that team was defensive-led, was oh, like, yeah. you're paying that fucking guy? We won all the goddamn – and then because it became mm-hmm. – World War Three. Jalen Ramsey now is on the Clays Campbell. Clays yep. Campbell gone. And Ramsey's Gokway. now on the Rams, and Godwin's gone. Like that really, that really happened. I guess with Seattle, the same type of thing happened with Russ and the Legion of Boom. I mean, we've seen it in the past, AJ. You can see how it could take place, but you just gotta hope the defense continues to hang on and has good leadership over there. The Judy and Gordon thing too. Like, yeah, we have no idea what they're talking about, but the fact that they're doing it when it's sixteen sixteen in overtime, like I could see that in a blowout. Like, say the Chargers are up forty to sixteen, sure, but like they're in the overtime. There's mm-hmm. still a game to be had. They're about to get the ball back, and they're on the sideline, and just the body language itself isn't great overall. See, I think what needs to happen is Russell Wilson in them, I think they just don't like Mondays. And this is kind of becoming – I get that. This is kind of becoming a thing. You cannot attack Mondays. Do not attack Mondays, Pat. No, seriously. I I think the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson, they woke up yesterday and they're like, oh, it's Monday. Fuck Monday. That can't happen. Please roll this Gary V footage, please, about what we needed to show. This is what we needed to show, Russell Mm -hmm. Wilson and the Broncos, because maybe they just didn't like Monday. That's why they played like shit on Monday Night Football. Here's Gary V, not Gary B. Gary V talking about Mondays as a whole, and maybe this is what's wrong with Russ and the boys. Who knows? If we could get this video to the Denver Broncos, maybe Broncos country would be a little bit happier in their ride to happiness. See? This fucking Monday propaganda, this shit pisses me off. All this is doing is reinforcing people being okay with hating their fucking job, Dustin. I'm enough of this. Like, fuck, you should not hate Monday because it's the start of the week. You should love it. We need to flip the script on this. I know a lot of people don't love their jobs, so fucking fight for it. Instead of like using escapism, like shitting on Monday or playing video games or watching sports or doing whatever the fuck you do to cope with hating your job, how about spending those hours after the job that you hate because you have bills to pay, I get it, and responsibilities to figure out how the fuck to get out of it. Stop fucking hating Monday. Mm. It indicates that you don't like your life. You've got one fucking life. Are we really gonna just sit and fucking laugh when Guinness fucking world records makes jokes about a shitty day of the week? It's the best fucking day of the week. If you like your life. Hell oh, yeah, dude. If you hey, like your life. Hey, the fade is clean too, Gary. Yes, yeah. That's a good fade. It's a good message. And I think the I think the Broncos 
could use that message. Mm-hmm. They could. Because it seems like it's rolling into Sundays, too. Shout, shout out the Guinness World Record person who was hammered at 3 o'clock a.m. on a Sunday night, Monday morning, who then realized they do have to go to work tomorrow morning who put out this tweet. Yeah, working at Guinness World Records is probably really stressful. Yeah, sure every day, if you're a fucking enunciator. Well, adjudicator, dude. Adjudicator. Come on. Enunciator is also an important <laughs> job, obviously, to be able to enunciate stuff. The adjudicator is the powerful mm-hmm. judges that deem a world record. So maybe the people that work at Guinness World Record, though, they actually have to type up the the books. Mm-hmm. Each one is actually hand-typed, you know. It's not a machine that does that. No, 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 that's so tough. that's why Monday would suck so bad. I'm sick of Guinness World Records kind of seeping their way into the fucking Denver Broncos sure. and making them hate Mondays and put up a shitty performance, Schmidt. Also, Dustin, uh, cool. I, Dustin, you're going to get the fucking taste smacked out of your mouth by Gary Vee if you don't whip into shape, pal. So I think that needs to be addressed. <laughs> Someone needs to check on Dustin. Well, Dustin's paying two hundred fifty, five hundred thousand dollars to work for Gary. So, I mean. Well, you're closest to the sun. You should do that. But Dustin needs to shape up. Exactly. Or, yeah. <laughs> ooh, 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 or Gary Vee is going to fucking knock your block off. But what you mentioned in the first hour with Russ about how. You know, like maybe we'll see him be like, Thank a you, human. Gary V. Yeah, Love thank you, Gary. Gary. Love you, Gary. 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 Uh, Hell yeah, fucking Gary. Can't maybe, wait till Tigers to be calm. May, okay, well, yeah, well, sure. Uh, maybe we'll see Russell be a, like a human being. I think he lives in like an alternate universe. Like we're not, we're not ever going to, because so yeah. like we don't know what's going on with Judy and stuff like that. But his first thing after the game, there's no division in the locker room. Everyone's on the same page. It's like, okay, well, clearly that's not the case. Like none of these guys probably like you. You'd think that it'd be easy for him to just go in and like have uh, a man-to-man conversation with these guys and earn some of that respect back. But I don't think that's ever going to happen. Well, I don't know about in the locker room how he's perceived. But I do know that our perception of him over the last, what, four months Mm -hmm. has really, really changed with the new facts, new set uh, set of circumstances kind of being debuted and rolled out. Hope we get to see Russell Wilson the human as opposed to RW3, the character, at some point this season. And maybe – We'll all enjoy it, and maybe the Broncos will be able to ride in some success because I think there's a lot of buyer's remorse in Denver right now with the richest owner in sports. If Russell Wilson was to be traded, would somebody pick him up? For sure, right? They're not picking his contract up, though, are they? I don't know. That's what I'm talking about. We're not saying they're going to do this. We're not saying they're going to do this. We are just strictly talking about his reputation around the NFL. Would somebody pick that up, some owner pick that up who has had a terrible fucking team? Commanders yeah. would today. Panthers? Yeah. Tepper, yeah. yeah Tepper right. and the Panthers would immediately take Russ. So, if you're the Broncos, that is the question you're asking yourself at all times. If you're Broncos fans, the question you should be asking yourself is, could we get rid of Russell Wilson and his contract right now if we had to? If a new GM, new coach, not saying we're firing anybody, new ownership might make their own decision. But if we were to restart, could we get rid of Russ? I think the answer is still yes, AJ. You agree with that? Yeah, I guess may- a couple more games, maybe not. A couple more games like this, I don't yeah. know. Trade deadlines next It all week. depends yeah. on the contract, though. Like you're talking, if you want to bring him in and pay him $10 million a year, someone will. I don't know if someone's going to pay six years, 240 or whatever it is. We're not saying that they're going to trade him. I'm just saying, no. if you're a Broncos fan, that is all you should be thinking yeah. about for the future. Because once it gets to a point where it's like, nah, nobody's going to trade for this guy right now, then you're fucking locked into the Russell Wilson experience. Then you're hoping he and Hackett can figure out how to play good football. There's a lot of games left in this particular season. There's a lot of time still to learn. They're calling it growing pains. I'll tell 
you, it is painful to fucking watch them. And we just got to do it seven times this season, which is way too many. Broncos fans got to do it every fucking week. We feel for you. Cliff Kingsbury said he would give up play calling duties. Uh, whatever it takes to win, he says. If that's going to help us win, I will give up play calling duties. Now, we have to remember... They get D-Hop back from suspension. He's already back in the building. They get Robbie Anderson out of Carolina. That He obviously got kicked off the field in Carolina. Now he is being traded the next morning to Arizona to be a member of the Cardinals. Kyler Murray's still your quarterback. J.J. Watt's still on the I defense. Was. There's a lot that can kind of come together for that Cardinals team. Let's start with A.Q. because he lives in Arizona, played for the Cardinals, and was there with Cliff Kingsbury. Whenever everybody automatically attacks the play caller, it's a natural thing to do, especially when the play callers the head coach when they're underwhelming is that an accurate assessment do you think a change of play call is a right play for some teams more specifically the Arizona Cardinals I think at the end of the day this group has put together a pretty damn good offensive resume over the last couple years it's the same guys for the most part the execution's not there you you turn on the film of these guys they're they're missing blocks now granted now they've also had some injuries up front too we also got to play that Pew sorry about the ACL he's He's out he's out that might I'm not going to say it. That's big. Pew, Pew is almost – I'm not going to say it. And then Rod- Pew had a hell mm-hmm. – he's from Philadelphia, Eastern mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Justin Pew's a dog. Gritty. Yeah. Saw him on a golf course. His ass is fucking this wide. <laughs> His legs are huge. Upper body, not as big as you would think for an offensive lineman. Hell of a, I think 10 years? Yeah, this is his 10th year. 10 years in the NFL, hell of a run, Justin Pugh. If he comes back, I think we'll all be incredibly and mightily impressed. But we would like to let Justin Pugh know, hell of a run, guys. If it is, hell of a run. We don't know. If it is, hell of a fucking run. We appreciate you and everything you've been a part of. But back to your point, a lot of injuries, not a lot of execution right now. That's the biggest thing. You turn on the tape, there's a lot of missed execution. And then at the end of the day, like I think Kyler hasn't run as much as he'd like to. He obviously said that he wants to run more. I think you just got to pump the brakes a little bit. You get DeAndre Hopkins back. You get Robbie Anderson. You get some playmakers. And if this offense still looks like this in four or five weeks, maybe you revisit that. D-Hop coming back is huge. Didn't have D-Hop the entire end of the year last year. Didn't have him the entire beginning of the year this year. They sucked end of the year last year. They have not been great mm-hmm. the beginning of this year. D-Hop is an X factor. He should be renegotiating that contract that he negotiated himself, I think, AJ. You think? He, I mean, maybe he comes back and he lights up the first couple games. He should. Yeah. Knock on the door. This Thursday night, Hell yeah. the New Orleans Saints travel to the Arizona Cardinals. Kirk Herbstreet, Al Michaels, Kaylee Hardtongue, Richard Sherman, Andrew Whitworth, what? Ryan Fitzmagic, what? Carissa Thompson, what? Tony Gonzalez, what? and crew will be on hand to watch a game that will probably have a couple more touchdowns than Thursdays have had the last few weeks. This game should be a good one. Cameron Jordan and that defense could wreck everything, though, because penetration kills that whole fucking operation over there, right? 100%. I mean, they live and die by that zone. They live and die by their tempo, and that is a good front of the New Orleans Saints. Onyemata, Davenport, Demario Davis. Studs. Studs across the board. What were you going to say, Connor? They are missing a lot of guys. Marshawn Lattimore isn't playing, and he's their number one corner, so definitely DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. on offense. They're missing Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry already. Jeez. Chris yeah. Olave, I think, is more so a Is Jameis going to start? The deep, they actually have been up, giving up a lot of points, too, so hopefully Thursday night. Wait, what happened? Taysom Tays- has four to three touchdowns that one week, and then last week doesn't even get the fucking ball. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's like Frank Reich and Jelani Woods. I can't with this guy, Jelani. 
I can't. Put him on the fucking field. <laughs> what are we doing? The guy's six Creates foot. mismatches everywhere. Dude, and Matt Ryan likes him. Mm-hmm. When he's on the field, Matt Ryan throws him the football. You know how yeah. I know that? Because I'm looking at the field all the time saying, oh, 80's not on, 80's not on, 80's on. Oh, here he is. Oh, he just made a 30-yard oh. catch. Okay, we'll see him in 20 minutes. <laughs> why, why is that? Ha- we were talking about this earlier. What is it with play call? Like, they just get kind of stuck in their way? What do you think it is? How come some teams have such good creativity and some teams just don't at all? Some teams just have a system they run. Some teams try to make the players better. Like Andy Reid, he gets Odell Beckham Jr. That motherfucker's drawing up plays for Odell Beckham Jr. to get open because he knows he has another weapon. It's like, how come Frank won't do that with Jelani? How come Melvin Gordon doesn't have the capability to do that? I'm not saying that he's the only one. But how come some of these play callers don't be that aren't, they're not as creative as some other places seem to be? Is that, is that an observation I'm no. making that's wrong or right? No, I think you nailed it. I think there's so many coordinators in this league that have a system and they don't look at their personnel and adapt to their personnel. I think they have their system, they run their system, and they expect everybody to, to literally do exactly what right. that is. Ryan Fitzpatrick said that about the uh, commander's offense. Yeah, he right. said Turner's offense is a system offense. Yep. It might not be Plug best for play. Carson, mm-hmm. but Carson has to do Turner's offense. And what did Chuck say about Turner's offense? Bombs over Baghdad. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He said, am I allowed to say bombs over Baghdad? <laughs> And we said, well, what do you mean? He was like, they're taking shots, bombs, bombs, bombs. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you can say bombs are back. He's like, I don't want to be insensitive. And then he puts his nuts on Carter's back. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> right here. That That's amazing. But I do wonder about the creative play callers. Hey, with the- Melvin Gordon, though, didn't you, when I saw Melvin Gordon stand there, helmet off, you know, obviously upset he's not in the game, I'm thinking, all right, he's your third running back tonight. He's not playing special teams. That hurts your team. Like, your third running back needs to be playing on all the special teams if you have a third running back active. Why even dress him? Yeah, is what you're saying? Yeah, that's what, why is he dressed? Yeah, you, you need that spot. You, that's a spot that somebody else is going to have to do a lot that's also playing in the game probably. Hey, good transition here. Let's talk about a spot that's hot as fuck. That's Miami. Ooh. Did you see the thermostat, the thermometers, I mean, from the Vikings yeah, bench? Yeah, do that? And the Miami's bench? Well, they just have shade on one side, and they don't have shade on the other side, which is the complete opposite of what the Indianapolis Colts did when they built Lucas Oil Stadium. The Colts' sideline is in the sun for longer than the away team is in the sun. Smart stuff. I'm sure it's on purpose. Dolphin sideline by 90 degrees. Okay. Viking sideline, 120. Oof. Go ahead and sit in that tropical Miami sun. The Vikings were still able to get a win. Mm -hmm. Uh, Little little Kirko, you know, Kirko Wayne. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Burke Cousins uh-huh. yep. with three chains on the way home. They had to IV fucking everybody down there, AJ. That heat is no joke, and that's a real advantage, I think, even though the Vikings were able to get a win. I think Miami knows that. I think teams going to Miami know it's going to be a problem, and I think it's genius by whoever built the Hard Rock Cafe Stadium, yep. Jimmy Buffett, Emilio Parrot, yep. no. Bingo. Jennifer Lopez, Emilio Esteban. Serena <laughs> and Venus, I think, are in on that. Yeah. Right, Mark Anthony, Will Smith, Fergie, Fergie Stadium. Yeah, uh-huh. congratulations on doing being smart. That's how you can take advantage. That's how you can be an owner and take advantage and have an advantage at home, especially in Miami. That's a thirty fucking degree <laughs> difference. That is a lot, dude. That is thick, thick air down there from Minnesota. I mean, it's nasty down there too. You get there and you've been in Minnesota or Wisconsin oh. for the last six months, and all of a sudden you get down to that humidity and you're out there for warm up, thinking like, "Whew, all right." Here we go. Yeah, like let's, let's figure this thing out today. All right, boys. It's not. It's going to be hot. Tootsie's is a 35-minute uh-huh. drive. Yep. Mm-hmm. So let's. What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Go far from the mic there. Good wings. Yeah. Good wings down there. Yeah. yeah. What were you saying? <laughs> what were you saying about Saturdays? <laughs> 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 
What a, what a place. <laughs> That's the Miami Flues. Yeah. Normally, Tootsie's was the Miami Flu for a good five, <laughs> six years there. I don't know if it still is. I'm sure they still have their fastball. But going down to Miami, you got to deal with a lot. you got South Beach popping. Yep. you got Tootsie's just 30 uh, minutes away. Mm-hmm. And you got a 30-degree heat difference on one sideline to the other. You went in Miami. You deserved it. That's why I think the Vikings, hey, I really like the fucking Vikings. Not that I don't like any other team in the NFC. There's a lot of teams that I think can figure it out in the NFC, especially if fucking the Giants continue to do what the Giants are able to do somehow, some way, let alone Dak coming back for the Cowboys, being able to operate under the Cooper Cush offense, run the rock a little bit, let Zeke eat, then let Dak do his thing, as opposed to just 50 times on Dak's shoulder, two times on Zeke. It's a completely different thing. Aaron Rodgers and the boys probably still going to be able to figure it out. What are the Rams? They get a massive win this past weekend against the Carolina Panthers. Nobody seems to care, though everybody's idea is still that the Rams stink. Did they get anything fixed? So I'm not saying that I don't think there's other teams in the NFC that could go on a run, but that Vikings team, I'm fucking impressed by them, AJ. I am impressed by this Vikings team. We've said this from the jump, from from when O'Connell took over. Like, whatever he's doing there, he's created a great vibe there. Obviously, we know he's a good offensive play caller. And the whole team, look at him. And these dudes, like, I've said it on here a million times, I feel like. It's fun to see the -the behind-the-scenes videos that, like, Feeling posts or different people posts of them in the training room, locker room, hanging out. Like, that's that's a big reason why they're winning games, I think. They seem to really like each other and get along. Dalvin Cook back down in South Florida getting an opportunity to run Uh right by folks in front of the fam. I love that Vikings team. And you're right. I think that's why I enjoy those workout videos that get posted, you know, (laughs) because you're seeing what people are capable of. Because you're never going to get an opportunity on a football field to see a guy bench 315 like 20 times. You know know. what I mean? You're never going to get an opportunity on a football field to see a guy just sit there and huck it 75 yards. I'm like, well, if that's capability, if that's the shape that person's in, fucking get him on my team. That's right. That has backfired a lot. But what hasn't backfired is the chemistry videos that you do see from behind the scenes. You know, a lot of people go into Topgolf with their teammates. Mm -hmm. Little athleticism, talk a little shit, maybe a little dinner, maybe a little food, maybe a little tootsies. Why? Maybe. Years ago. Well, in your, okay. Years ago. When younger, Years ago. Younger, younger, younger. Younger. But I think team camaraderie um, is an X factor that can't be really judged at the combine or anything like that. But I also think it helps when you're winning. Like, you know, they say teams that lose have bad camaraderie. And it's like, are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Are they winning because they're together or are they together because they're winning? I mean, that's an interesting little debate. I've been a part of a lot of good teams, very little bad teams, so I'm not 100% sure of the case. Every team I've been on has been a pretty fucking solid locker room, but it feels like those teams that really enjoy each other are the teams that win, AQ. And how do you fucking bottle that, you think? How do you fucking bottle it? I think the biggest thing when you look at GMs and scouts is they – only look at numbers. You can never Some G, get a pulse. A, you can a, never get a pulse for the locker room, though. Like, this guy's a great locker room guy. Yeah, everybody says it, but, like, if he starts to lose a little bit, and they're like, oh, let's, oh, get, let's, let's get him out. Let's get somebody. Grass is always greener on the other side because this guy has better numbers. He's, fa- he's younger. He's quicker. He's faster. Whatever it may be, we get him in, and now you're not as good. Why are you not as good? This guy was the glue guy. This guy was the fucking glue guy. We don't, we don't see that enough. You need the glue guy. You need mm-hmm. the glue guy. You need a lot of glue guys in every position, I think. In every single room, you need a glue guy. You need a representative from all phases that is going to, you know, kind of tie everybody together. A little accountability also goes a long way to build chemistry, I think, AJ. Don't you think so? Accountability from teammates, yes. Like, the, it, great coaches always say, like, no, I don't want like, – this team is run through the players. It's your team. I want you to take control of it. So, yeah, coaches – weren't you ever sitting in meetings when coaches would tell you stories about – Oh, I walked into a meeting when I was just a lowly intern, and 
some some young rookie was sleeping in the front row, and then they named some legend, like hit him in the back of the head and woke him up and said, you're not going to be around long, punk, if you stay asleep. And that kid that was sleeping became some Hall of Famer or something. They try to always oh, yeah. tell those stories. Yeah, I walked in, and, you know, it was my first meeting. It was 6.30 a.m. I didn't really know anything. Nobody really knew me. And Rookie sitting down in the back in dark. Wasn't paying attention. Didn't have a notebook. Didn't have a clipboard. Was, was sleeping. What? Fucking Barry Sanders walked over and said, hey, wake up. Gave him a notebook, told him to take notes, taught him how to take notes. It's like, did this really happen, or is this what you're saying you want us to? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... It seems like you're just making up a story right now to let us know that this is how you would like us to act because you're just putting a fictional legend's name in there, mm-hmm. some nobody, and then you're really reading off like what your rules are for the team meeting here. Is that... Is that what you're doing, or are you actually? No, no, it happened. I was there. I thought Brett Favre actually did that to AJ when he showed up. He did, at the facility. <laughs> what did he do when you got did there? He? Now, you were a top five pick, so you had a lot of money. So he probably was like, ah, oh, fuck him. He's good, or whatever. But for the guys that weren't drafted, did he just immediately go to their lockers and just <laughs> start taking all their shit? Or <laughs> what did he do? 20 bucks. No. Brett, Brett was, I played with Brett for two years. He was great back then. He was great to me and to the rest of the team, I feel like. Everybody on the team or just you because you were a top five pick with 50 mil guarantee? I'm speaking, for, I'm speaking my truth, as I like to tell you. I, I didn't see any, any, like, anything like that. Brett, had his, his locker was right down the way, and he was Sneaky. always there, and he practiced every single day. I would like to know what you know, the special teamers on those teams think. Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, the but guys, they liked him because Brett was interacting. He's always interacting, oh. having fun during practice. So well, yeah, yeah he's I like a magician. Like he's got a, hey, yeah, how yeah. you doing? Good to see you. Remember this fucking copper fit? See these Levi Wranglers? Yeah. And then he's fucking right in the back door. Let Before me get you this know fucking it. guy's hey, <laughs> Check your wallet. 320s are missing. Let me get that guy's church. <laughs> oh, who you want? Oh, he's not going to be here next week. Fucking cut him. He just probably, I mean, he didn't have, uh, he didn't have a volleyball program to fund at that point in his life. Yeah, so. he had something else, though. I mean, yeah, did you see that pit that he was throwing footballs in for fucking 20 years on those commercials yeah. who do you think's keeping all that mud there how you get a high def camera too i didn't even think about that and the truck they gotta sit on mm-hmm. we would like to say that brett Favre has come out and said that none of that was true that's right slandered by the goddamn media you mostly you turned your back on him because you're a fucking yeah, cheesehead kind of yeah he up. said you he, well, he actually hero. said aj was the one who turned his back on him so my former teammate and this guy now, he's nice <laughs> laughing at me making fun of me what's that all about aj you, yeah. you know brett Favre with those popeye arms yeah. We've seen him yeah. down at that golf tournament. Oh, boy. First thing I noticed was saw Brett. His hands and his forearms. AQ, this guy grabbed a fucking stick driver in these fucking arms. Vascularity up the forearms. Unbelievable. Still. All the, still more than ever. That's a problem. Not more than ever. And then he fucking grabbed, I think it was a three what he took. And it was just like three fucking 20. Whipping sound the entire mm-hmm. way. That thing was built, bent around his entire body. He yeah. was fucking yoked we're talking good for him popeye type shit yeah perfect beard mm-hmm. I was like god damn brett Favre's on it look at this fucking guy why oh, yeah. yeah vascularity in the forearms mm-hmm. would have never thought you know holding poor people underwater would get your forearms ripped that much you know <laughs> i had no idea it turns out <laughs> metaphorically god. speaking keeping them down yes yeah metaphorically oh, they always right. say mental reps just as good yeah mm-hmm. you're right so he's got that beard Visualize. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know if any of that's true. We don't. Allegedly. Well, we do know. What? That he robbed them blind and made sure half of them didn't eat dinner for. We also know he's yoked. We we do know he's yoked. 
But how's the volleyball team? Fucking jocked. Have, I've not winning? seen them on ESPN once. No, and they show a lot of volleyball on ESPN. A lot it's of like volleyball. The same teams every fucking day. It drives me sudden. I guess the Tennessee Volunteers got a girls volleyball team that's really good. Penn State, actually. They got a squad as well. Men's or oh, women's? Women's. They got a men's team as well. I was Ooh. Penn State men's volleyball was actually looking at old Pat McAfee to potentially be a libero coming out of high school. Hey, now. Yeah, they said Who recruited uh, you? Oh. <laughs> I was at a fucking. Do they have any football coaches recruit you? Jesus. No, no. no he's, now he's on it. No, McQuarrie actually told me I wasn't Penn State material. Thank God. <laughs> because at that point, we know what McQuarrie knew mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't think this guy's good for our team. Fucking great news. Heinz, I was pissed at the time. <laughs> Not happy at all. Well, I've been giving a run around here like I'm fucking mm-hmm. Mark Boley uh-huh. with Pittsburgh Steelers yep. by the Penn State Nittany Lions. All for this redheaded fuck that I've never met before to make me drive all the way up the fucking Happy Valley with Tim no. McAfee. No. All the way up. To let me know that I'm a preferred walk. Two hour drive? No way. Okay, thank you. We can't fucking afford that, pal. We are not walking on anywhere except for the front fucking yard, dude. <laughs> Fuck off, pal. We don't think you're Penn State material for a scholarship just yet. Well, okay. And then it all comes out. Real shame what you guys did to kids yeah, over there. Then great. you met AQ. We probably would have been kicked out of that school, right? That's what I'm very lucky that I didn't go there. Not yeah. only because of what was going on there with, yeah. you know, McQuarrie's eyes on and everything like sure. that, but also you and me meeting at that time in that city at with what we would have. Never would have made it. Nope, not a chance. Uh, well, yeah. well, look at us now. Huh? Here you go. How about it? Hey, you might not have, but uh, he was in Morgantown doing the same things and made it out of there, so I think Pat would have been just fine. Yeah, Morgantown is legit, though. Yeah, I, Very I did, true. But us together. I, my dude Thor and I did some real damage in Morgantown. You and Thor would get along very well. Thor, white nose tackle. Yeah. Okay? Hell yeah. My, so, my type of guy. Bingo. Yeah, yeah. Thor, Thor was down. Me and Thor had a great time. Me and, I miss Thor. But anyways... If you would have been in West Virginia with me and Thor, sure. or Thor would have been at Penn State, that would have been a fucking problem. I would not have been here. I would not have obviously made it. So I'm thankful for McQuarrie's hindsight of me not being Penn State material, mm-hmm. both on the field and off the field. I am appreciative, and in the locker room, and in showers. I'm very yeah. appreciative. Well, of he that. talked to you, and you, he realized you would have blew the whistle. So he said, oh, you're not Penn State material. We need someone who, who will sweep stuff under the rug like AQ does. Like AQ Shipley. Jeez. I mean, I didn't deserve that. Well, AQ, I don't think I deserve, I don't think I deserve <laughs> that. You were, you were serving a lot of hot meals for the Second yeah. Mile Foundation. AQ, did you see what was going on in the back there? No, I didn't, sir. This yeah. can't happen every week. What do you mean? But no. well, we, will, we should continue a Penn State conversation. <laughs> you guys fucking suck. Uh-huh. Penn State, no. Yeah, well, I'm going back this week. I am saying this just strictly on my show as entertainment. When I tell him that Penn State fucking sucks, I'm talking to AQ right now just as a shit talk to him. This will get quoted on some Penn State blog mm-hmm. that I said that they fucking suck. This happened to me for fucking St. X High School when I was telling Herb Street that his kid's school stunk or whatever, just at him. And then I walk into their fucking stadium or a stadium filled with her. You said my kid stunk. It's mm. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know you were kidding. Who the hell? What positions he play? I don't know. I thought that guy was good. Okay, keep it moving. <laughs> Anyways, Penn State just doesn't win. You guys just don't win big Can't games. Can't win the big games. Never. Can't, can't win the big games. I picked Penn State on oh, the yeah. panel. Yep. Oh, yeah. Taylor Lewan texted, you know, watching Pat pick Penn State over Michigan hurt a little bit more than I thought it would. And as soon as Penn State came out of my mouth, I'm like, that fucking school didn't want. What am I even doing? Penn State. I love Ann Arbor. It's a beautiful yeah. town. Yeah. It's maybe shocked. the most gorgeous college campus of all time. There's Bentley sitting in front of billionaires' houses in Ann Arbor. It's glorious. And James Franklin has never won a top five matchup on the road, I guess, is his actual record. Ten-year contract extension, though. What is your guys' deal? I don't know. 
I don't know. It, it was it was hard is to he watch. The guy AQ is Franklin the guy. Somebody he's says, going back. He literally just said he's going back this week. So please give your answer, pandering to the people you're mm-hmm. going to go see this yeah. weekend. Yeah, I mean, he just signed a huge extension, so he's the guy. But yeah, I mean, I'm going back. <laughs> I'm the uh, I'm the honorary nice. captain this Let's week. Wow. So you don't get to call it because yeah. it's a home game, right? So you're just walking out there. Yeah, just walking out. Just walking out. Are you putting the old jersey on? Nah. By yourself? Come or? on, dude. Put the old. Yeah, the skin tight boy. Your full uniform, the full uniform, pads, helmet, put khakis on and poop your pants. Is Lavar with you, or who's who's walking out with it with you? I don't know. Hey, congrats! That's awesome. Yeah, thanks Thanks for you, IQ. Thanks. First time, first time back in fourteen years. Let's go. What? You should probably honor Joe DiNardo because you've been pissing on his grave ever since you stepped in. As I drive past Moon Township, give a little wave. Are Are you driving back or flying? Flying. I heard I heard Bear once say that Happy Valley is literally the hardest uh, college campus to get to in the country as far as flying into. I'm flying into Harrisburg. See? Yeah. Holy shit! This what? really needs. <laughs> this is how we need to see you. Yes. Oh, like that. Look at this guy. Look at the cross tat on the left arm, the barbed wire on the right. Fucking Goldberg and Jesus coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, wow. dude. You and me would have been a problem. Oh, yeah. You got some sure. Paul Walter Hauser in yeah. you, AQ. Oh. We, weren't allowed, we weren't allowed facial hair. That's, hence the fa- that's that was the last stupid. time I haven't had facial hair. Oh, so it was like the Yankees really? operation? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, it makes you look young. Yeah. It does. Hey, I'm happy you're What happened back. if you showed up with some facial hair, AQ? Do they make you shave right there? So this is actually a funny story. We were getting ready to play Ohio State my senior year. They were loaded. James Laurinaitis was a senior that year. I think they were number – Three, we were number six. We go into Columbus, get our first win there in a long, long time. But I get a knock on my door, 10.30-ish at night. We After the game, before the game? Before the game. Just had snack, go up for curfew, whatever. Get a knock. It's Paterno. He says, if you want to play tomorrow, you better shave. Has a, has a fucking razor. Hands me a razor. Really? I swear to God. That's how Paterno sounds? Say it one more time. You want to play tomorrow? You better shave. That's what he said. Just Sounds like, like Michael Jackson. Holy like fuck! That. And they thought that that guy didn't know. You know what? AQ while AQ while uh, while I'm up here at yeah. your at your room, you change my diaper too. <laughs> yeah. That might have been the game. Come on. It might have been the year before. Actually. I think it was the year before when we Joe, got smoked. Joe Paul, what he committed to that program, legendary in that university. Yeah. His time, his effort, a lot of success. We understand. Absolutely. Hindsight though, looking back though, Nebraska. He's worried about this guy's face. Yeah. Yeah. And Nebraska. And his lines on Sesame Street from what it sounds like. You know, he was voicing Elmo. Well, I heard, oh, I, come on. You've heard the high pitched voice, right? I heard no. when, oh, yeah. when Jerry you heard that? when Jerry was sitting on players' faces, he didn't like the feel of the scrub. Jeez. Oh, come on. Jeez. Right. See, that's what do you mean, when, Diggs? That's see, we're all here. <laughs> we're all you know, we were bringing we were doing it. We were talking about stuff. Not easy to talk about, and we're just kind of dancing with it. Mm-hmm. And we were about to move on. Sure. You know, we were about to because we got some stuff to hit. And mm-hmm. then you said, "Players, we're gonna go." Yeah. Not, I said, "Players, not." Okay, which are all eighteen and above. Exactly. That's right. Anyways, that was a terrible situation. I don't know if Penn State will ever be able to recover from it no. because as soon as anybody like hears it, it's literally the only thought. Yeah. And uh, I do appreciate your service to college football and what you did winning the Remington Award. Greatest center in all of football. Thank you. There you go. Appreciate it. And enjoy Penn State this weekend. I wish I would have been Penn State material. You know, I wish I would have been able to go up there to school with you. Neither of us would have been where we are today, though. So I guess hindsight's always 50-50. Cam, 
Newton said that. Dak Prescott <laughs> is expected to play this weekend. Isn't it funny that as soon as the other guy throws three picks mm. and loses, Dak Prescott has been cleared immediately <laughs> and he will start the next week against the Detroit Lions. I know it's all just a funny coincidence, but it does feel as if the Dallas Cowboys had this workout perfectly for them. They wanted to steal a couple games whenever Dak wasn't playing, get a couple wins. Instead, Cooper Cush lights up the entire fucking NFL. They get five wins out of it, whatever the case is. Now Dak's coming back. They know what the offense should look like because they had success with Cooper Cush. This is just a perfect storm for the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions are going to have to fucking take it face on this weekend, AJ. Yeah, because if, if Cooper Rush wouldn't, wouldn't have thrown three picks and they would have won this, this past game, and maybe they would, I don't know, We're not rushing another him. week. Yeah, we gotta we gotta make sure he's good for the home stretch when it really matters, when it truly matters. So we wanna make sure he's hundred percent. But yeah, I it really cleared things up for the Dallas Cowboys, didn't it? Like they would have had a obviously it's a good problem to have because they're winning, but this way, here we go. All right, great job, Coop. Take a seat. Dak, hopefully you can go take the helm and, and do your thing. That fucking doctor that we always see on every Ooh. single on every single uh, sideline for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. he has a meeting with Jerry every Monday morning. Jerry's like, hey, how's it going? He's like, well, fucking Cooper Cush threw three picks, so I think Dak's thumb is A-OK. <laughs> See you, Jerry. It really does feel like that, doesn't it? Because they're just waiting yeah, almost yeah. for Cooper to have a game. Good, good color scheme there, but Yeah, way. with the green, it does. It's yeah, just... it's a great look. That... Oh, shit. Boom. Perfect. That guy. I see him on TV literally every fucking week. Yes. It's hard not to notice this guy. It's like, God damn, they got an actual fucking cowboy fighting their injuries on the sideline yeah. for the Dallas Cowboys. I assume he's been with the team 30 years. Mm-hmm. Jerry's right-hand guy. I think Dak did his rehab with the Cowboys people, so I assume this guy's yep. a good doctor. Not that there's bad doctors around the NFL. This dude, though, always on the scene. It just is funny how it adds up perfectly. After Cooper Cush has a little bit of a Don game out of nowhere. Yeah, and it seemed like before the Eagles game, Dak was talking about how he was, you know, he was kind of ready to go, feeling better already. So it's almost like he saw, you know, what was in store. It's like, hey, you got an undefeated Eagles team on the road here. There's a good chance that the the Cooper Rush story uh-huh. comes to an end tonight. I need to be ready to go next week. Let's run the horn a little bit. Josh Allen has more touchdowns than 29 teams in the NFL. <laughs> there are 32 teams in the NFL. Josh <laughs> Allen's team is one of them. So he has more than 29 of 31 teams. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills offense is humming, have been humming. The only game they didn't was against the Miami Dolphins. That's why they're not completely undefeated. And it feels like that was a wake-up call for this Bills team not to get too confident and come back down to size. They're going into a bye week, so let's assume some of these teams will catch up. But the Bills have been fucking dominant, A.J. Hawk. Yeah, I mean, if you if, if the Buffalo Bills are able to stay healthy, especially on offense, we know you couple that with this defense and what they do. I mean, good luck stopping them. So, like you said, they had the weird little hiccup with the Dolphins, but probably a wake-up call, but I see them just rolling after the break. AQ, how come some teams' offenses just fucking stink, dude? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I mean, there's a, lot, there's a lot of bad football on offense right now. I don't really understand it. I don't get it. But that is the way offense is supposed to be played. AQ, yeah. quick question for AQ. Is, is it possible to have a bad offense but a really good offensive line? 100%. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Cleveland. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is the thing. Oh. Quarterback. Hey, Jacoby threw a pick 19 seconds yeah. into that game. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, hey, thanks for everything to the New England. It seemed like when he threw that mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, he rolled to the right. He might as well threw that thing, Kibo, yeah. <laughs> just right in. I mean, you know, it was a terrible. Maybe the, one of the worst decisions I've ever seen Jacoby do, and that's 19 seconds into the game. That kind of sets the tone on it all. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, you know, they would have beat the Patriots, but that's a tough thing to overcome with the first drive, getting a pick like that. The Bailey. 
Zip on the ball, zappy. Uh, Mac Jones uh, conversations getting loud in New England, yeah. AJ. There's people saying he need to be fucking humbled. Hey, he got he made the Pro Bowl. He had it all figured out. Teams getting built around him. He needs to be humble. That's what local sports radio is talking about up there. Oh. Maybe the Bailey zip on the ball, zappy experience is doing that to him. Do you think the Patriots are in good hands with both these guys? And what do you think Bill inevitably does, AJ? I think Bill sticks with Zappy with the hot hand. I know he's not completely lighting it up, but I think I don't see them changing things up right now. I really don't. And especially if Dak's not or Mac is not 100%, I could see Bill sticking with Zappy. Connor? 1,000%. He's sticking with the guy who's wow. winning. If Mac Jones, he's definitely not coming back this week against the Bears. Who cares? Jets looking two weeks from now. That'll be the big game. If Zappy beats the Jets, then I have no idea when we'll see Mac Jones again. Tua Tonga-Valoa is back this weekend, says Ian Rappaport. What will the backlash be? Excited to watch that unfold. How will Miami be with their trigger man back? They looked great when he was playing. Haven't been able to figure it out without him. Maybe they get going again. That could be the concussion bull because Tomlin said today, uh, if Ken- Kenny's not limited this week, if he's cleared, he will play as well. Even though Mitchell Trubisky had an incredible second half mm-hmm. and made some plays to win that game against Tom Brady mm-hmm. and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jerome Boger will officiate allegedly the Saints and Cardinals this Thursday night. Put his crew on prime time. This is via Football Zebras, which is a uh, verified account. I don't know if they just have an inside plug with the NFL officiating. They put out a tweet that early word for week seven is that the referee assigned to Thursday night football is Jerome Boger and his crew. Watch them with the Jags. Didn't seem like they fucked up the game too much. Last night, a lot of flags. A ref crew can determine a game. I think at the beginning of the season, we were very complimentary of them. They weren't involved in many games. Then they kind of got the hint that they weren't important anymore. Started getting a little bit more hands-on. What will Week 7 look like as a whole? What will Thursday night look like with Jerome Berger? We shall see in Arizona, A.J. Hawk. Well, how quick are they going to be to their flags anytime anyone is near to it? Like, can you imagine if anyone's in the grass, oh. like with two of them? They'll, oh, they'll weekend, blow that yeah. dead instantly. So you can, get a, you can probably get a few cheap sacks, just get your hand on them and hold them up. There was a sack... DeForest Buckner, I think, had yeah. on Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. where he literally just hugged him, took yep. like two steps. It we was. couldn't we couldn't hear the whistle blow where we were sitting in the stadium, and then he just let him go, and then he celebrated off the sideline. And Foxy goes, "That's a fucking NFL sack." Right <laughs> I'm like, Foxy, you are such an asshole, Foxy. It was, it is the game is changing. Joining us now is the back-to-back NFL MVP. He's a man who every single move he makes is judged and ridiculed. Coming off a loss against the New York Jets. Can't believe he's here. Everybody told me he wasn't going to show up. Everybody said this guy won't sit in the pocket and answer questions after having a bad day. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. What's up, dude? I love this show, man. Doesn't matter what happens the previous week. I, I really do enjoy this show. Yeah, well, we enjoy you coming on. We've enjoyed the ride that we've gotten to take the last couple of seasons. There is always going to be a hiccup in a season. There's going to be a downfall. There's going to be something that doesn't go perfectly. This season, you guys are 3-3 three and three right now. In last weekend against the New York Jets, you guys suffered a loss at home. 27-10. The world seems to be burning down around you. But I couldn't help but go back to a quote that you made after training camp last year when the New York Jets came to town. We said, what was it? like practicing against the New York Jets and meeting Zach Wilson. You said you liked Zach Wilson. You thought he was a good game, yeah, a good player. You thought the Jets were about a year or two out. What did you experience against the Jets on Sunday that made you say, you know what, what I said a year and a half ago, probably accurate? And what was it about the game that you can take away into next week, Aaron? Well, they got a lot of good players. 
Uh, they got good schemes, good players. They added to their mix since we played them last year. They added, uh, obviously, through the draft and a couple of guys in free agency that can really play. They got a couple of guys that can really cover. They got uh, veteran leadership on the back end. They signed uh, Whitehead, who's a good player. They signed Joyner, who's a good player. Veteran guys who played a lot of football. Obviously, the guy in the middle, mostly, is a really talented player. They added uh, Quan next to him. D-line is stout. You know, they, they thought they had a good plan for us. A lot of twists up front that we just didn't handle very well. And then, you know, real stud, uh, young corner uh, out of Cincinnati, I believe, uh, Gardner. Solace. Who's, you know, who can who can really play. And then offensively, they have, have some weapons. they got a good runner. Zach is, you know, going to be a really talented guy in the league for a long time, I believe. It uh, wasn't a great day throwing the ball for, you know, for anybody. But, um, you know, they made, uh, obviously, more plays. They blocked it punt they blocked a field goal um you know we just uh, kind of had a, a dud of a game so i don't know if there's a whole lot you can take uh, take with take with you i will say you know there's a lot of people uh if you're looking preseason at the, the nfc you know four teams uh for sure in the conversation uh san fran la tampa and us right and those other teams obviously you know we thought uh, philly and dallas were going to be talented and um and uh, uh, who else? Vikings, um, Minnesota, Minnesota, of course. You knew Minnesota was going to be good, um, but those four for sure were talked about. All four of us are three and three, so um, I don't think there's any panic uh, in any of those four places. How good did that feel to look up all their? Hey, how good did that feel to look up all their records and be like, okay, all right, okay, we're still in a good spot. Is that a real thing that happened? Well, I, I knew where we were at, and I obviously followed the league that I planned, so I knew. Um, you know, with a loss by Tampa, they were they were to three and three, and, and LA beating Carolina, I believe went to three and three, and San Fran uh, got beat by Atlanta. Both teams to three and three. Um, so I knew I knew where we stood, of course, but I wouldn't expect uh, any panic at those places. They got good leadership in place and, and solid head coaches that that have won uh, and and uh, and know how to win in this league. Um, but this is, you know, the point of the season. Uh, once we get into November and December football, where teams start to separate themselves, I don't think it's necessarily happened yet. There's teams that have maybe jumped out a little bit, but there's a lot of football left. We have 11 games left now. The bye week's coming to play, um, and then for us, we have a Thursday night game coming up next month, which gives us two in one week, and then and then nice little mini bye. Uh, so there's a lot of football left. Obviously, we got to play better. I think that's uh, it's understood by everybody. Uh, in all three phases, uh, but there's definitely no panic. Uh, in your post-game presser, I know you mentioned something about possibly simplifying some things. What the hell does that mean? Well, that's what LaFleur said. He doesn't know what that means either. Just to follow up on what AJ said over there. I'm just trying to get on the same page. We all would like to know what that means. <laughs> yeah, me and Matt are feuding for sure right now. That's what it sounds like. I heard that. <laughs> yeah. I heard he said, fuck that guy. He's talking about plants and stuff. I don't know what that means. Now, what does it mean, though, you think? Listen, that was part of a long answer about uh, a lot of different things that I was combining. Um, but at the heart of it is execution. And the most important thing is executing the plan and, and scoring points. And what I mentioned in that, which probably won't get any headlines because it doesn't fit any type of uh, narrative that uh, is out there about a 3-3 three and three team, is, is how hard the coaches do work and how the plan you know, comes together each week with a lot of study, film review, self-scout, as they put together, you know, their 20-some-odd runs and <clears throat> more than that passes that they install from week to week. Uh, the point was that if we're not executing, 
those plans, which to be honest are not the most complex things uh, the majority of the time, then the only uh, slight reaction might be to even simplify things even further. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't mean uh, you know less motions or uh, less checks line scrim. It just means let's make sure that uh, you know these guys can handle what we're doing. Um, it's really t it was really an alert for our players. Like we need to lock in a little bit more um, and and simplify things in our own mind. You know even a, the most complex plays can be simplified in our mind to the simple things we have to do on that play, whether it's a certain step we got to take or, or uh, body language we got to use on these plays and we just got to be better at the details i think that's the, the real thing i was trying to stress is is the details have not been good enough we've had multiple plays where 10 guys are doing something right and one guy isn't where nine guys are doing it right and two guys are not on the same page uh, with communication so that just stuff can't happen and then there's little things just very fundamental fundamental things that we uh, kind of messed up on they, they ran a, a number of line twists there was not a lot of pressure in the game they brought just a handful of pressures and that was kind of their plan coming in to challenge us on the outside with some man and then to play to try and take away the RPO game. And we just, uh, you know, didn't really handle some of the simple things very well. So we need to simplify our own game, both fundamentally and, and execution-wise. And, um, again, it's not anything against the, uh, the staff because those guys put a lot, of, a lot of work into it. Uh, they care about it a lot, and they, they try and detail the plan to us as much as possible. But... At some point, it's got to be the accountability's got to fall on the players to go out and execute. That's what that means, LaFleur. Fucking A. Dude. Dude, <laughs> seriously, figure it out, dude. Just figure it out. He's, he's watching right now. He takes a little lunch break, and, and he's a big fan of the McAfee show. Well, we appreciate him watching along. Mm. We hope, you know, he can get back to happy press conferences after games as soon as possible. I would, I would like to talk about the team that you have because each year is its own journey. Each team is its own team. Could you have ever imagined, though, in this post-Devontae era? Because this was the big conversation in the offseason. Devontae leaves. He's your number one weapon. You had targeted him, I think, like 60% of the times or 70% of the time, maybe even 80% of the time in certain things because of the connection that you two had. Devontae leaves and goes to the Raiders. Did you expect, and I don't know what your expectations were going on. I probably should have asked you and been a better journalist, but did you expect to have these types of growing pains with this crew? New group, younger group, still trying to figure out what your offense is going to look like. Did you expect this going into the season? And how far into the growing pains do you think you are right now? Pretty far, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amen, amen. Listen, you know, I, I knew there was going to be growing pains. But I also think, you know, that maybe there's certain biases that come into the league about certain teams and we forget the parity that we have in our league. Every single year there's an attempt at parity based on the schedule, right? You know how the schedule works. There's now three extra games outside of the six in your division and the four uh, alternating against the other two divisions. You play where you finish in the division. So we won a division last year, so we played the other two division winners in the NFC, and then we play a division winner from the AFC as well. Um, so that, that's the attempt at parity, right, to, to always have you know some semblance of turnover in playoffs every single year. That's one. Number two is you know, we've played uh, two good football teams the last, the last two weeks, and I know we were expected to win both games. We thought we were going to win both games. But the Giants look like a pretty real team, I would say, right? Mm -hmm. And our win against New England a couple weeks ago, that looks a little better now after they went and shut out the Lions and then had a you know dominating win this last week. Oh, yeah. um, the league, you know, is stronger across the board. Um, you know, maybe that's one way to say it. The other way to say it is the difference between winning and losing is 
so minutely thin. Um, you know, a team like the Jets, who you know have always been the Jets or whatever, that's kind of the the moniker around them. That's not the same old Jets. You know, this is a good football team. They're very well coached. They got good players. They're four and two for a reason. Now, who knows what they're going to finish? But they're playing well. The Giants are five and one. Good team. Uh, and just beat Baltimore. So, uh, who's you know was forecast for the season as one of those teams is going to be in the mix in the AFC, right? So not like we're we're playing a bad team. Now we don't expect to lose ever by seventeen against anybody at home. Uh, so obviously that wasn't our best performance. But the difference between winning and losing is, is razor thin, and for us our margin of error is thin as well. So we got to find a way uh, to create some more turnovers on defense. We got to do obviously way better on offense. We started the game so poorly. Our defense had eight great possessions to start that game, and we couldn't uh, give them any type of advantage so they can play a little bit more one dimensionally. And that's. Uh, yeah, that's definitely on us. Your special team's got to figure it out, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Can't give up a block punt for a tud, especially in that type of game. They know that. They'll they'll hopefully grow from it. But the growing pains, you know, it's interesting to kind of watch because you see you start to develop, like, a little bit of a connection. And then it's like, oh, a play that would have happened maybe last year, for whatever reason, you're on the ground now out of nowhere. It's like, at some point, we all assume it's going to get clicking. It's nice to know that you're thinking the same thing. Ty, your question for Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, I appreciate you always coming on here and kind of just, you know, cooling the masses because on Sunday, everything's burning down. And, you know, being 3-3, three and three, like, it, it's nice to get a little perspective and remember that. So I appreciate that. But one of the big things you talked about a couple years ago when there was, you know, the rift with uh, management or whatever is how you didn't necessarily want like a final say in personnel, but you just wanted to feel like you were being heard with the trade deadline coming up and obviously Randall getting hurt and being out a couple weeks. That's kind of a kick in the dick with the way he's been playing. But is that, is this the type of situation where the front office will maybe come to you and say, Hey, are there any areas that you'd maybe like us to shore up or, or be aggressive to try to go and get guys? Or is, is that not really where your head's at right now? No, my head is there for sure. Um, it's always there, uh, Ty. But it's not just Randall. Christian's obviously dealing with the hamstring. Sammy, hopefully getting him back uh, either this week or next week. But he's been out for a while. So we got to get healthy, number one. Uh, number two, since a lot of those conversations happened, the relationship between myself and management is, has definitely improved. There we uh, go. Yeah. And we are, it's not a new revelation that I'm sharing here, but uh, okay. but Brian and I have a real good relationship, and we communicate often about a number of different things, not just uh, personnel stuff, but pulse of the team and, and direction and mindset and energy and how everybody's kind of fitting together. So we've had uh, conversations. I trust that they'll be in the mix on certain guys that they like. Uh, as always, it comes down to uh, need, uh, price, you know, cost of those certain players. But uh, I know Brian's going to do his best uh, for our football team. And if he feels like adding uh, a guy or two to the mix, uh, then I'm sure he's going to try and make that happen. Chiefs just cleared $3.455 million right before the trade deadline. Yep. Just want to let you know that happened. No big deal. Competition, Gates, you're watching this. I don't know. Go yeah. ahead, AJ, your question for Aaron. Aaron, are defenses around the league doing anything different to try to – we hear people talk about bend but not break, and you, you can get all the yards you want, but they're not going to let you in the end zone. Are they doing anything different this year? Like around the league – like certain QB numbers at times are down compared to other times. It feels like just early on in this season. Points way down, Aaron. Points are way down right now. Like five hundred and like hundred, hundred less touchdowns. Hundred less versus. points this year versus last year. Yeah, change the rules again for you guys. Two years ago, way down. Points way down. Then they're going to start calling a few more uh, illegal contacts down the field. I haven't seen a lot of those. Point of clarification. Up. Those. Yeah, clarification. <laughs> uh, um, 
listen, it's the cyclical nature of this game. The defense that's in uh, in vogue right now is this uh, defense that plays a lot of combo coverage. So it's a lot of quarter-quarter half stuff or just straight quarter palms coverages. There's less one-high stuff. So there's going to be an emphasis on uh, running the football a little bit more. That's why I mentioned the fullback position having a rejuvenation possibly, as you see in more teams that you know will need to get in 21 personnel, 12 personnel, and run the ball effectively to try and get teams out of these shell coverages. Um, when you're running the football, obviously, that's taking 40 seconds off the clock every play. So you're naturally going to have a little bit shorter of a game probably, and I can see as many guys throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game unless they're way behind. So naturally, you would expect the points to be a tad bit lower. Uh, at the same time, defenses are evolving always, and, this, and the schemes uh, are getting more intricate at times. But I would say, in general, the majority of the defenses are playing more shell coverages, yeah, a little more bend but don't break, make you go the distance of the field and think that there's going to be a penalty or a possible turnover that uh, that can negate uh, you know scores and just get really tight in the red zone to, to keep you out of the end zone. So I think it's not surprising uh, because that's the way, uh, you know, when a defense – has success and wins a championship, and those coaches get opportunities other places. Obviously, they're taking their systems with them. Uh, when Seattle was doing it oh. in San Francisco, that was all one-high coverages. Now, the defense that won the championship last year is a two-high base coverage, so that's what you're saying. Hey, thanks. I feel like I got smarter right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also makes us feel like we're smarter because we've been like kind of saying that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when the back-to-back MVP says it, it makes it like much more legit. But look at us talking what, about this. What are you huh? wearing today, Pat? I, I feel What's we're all doing? out of sorts. Did you have some sort of photo shoot for GQ or something? What are you? Okay, there we go. All right. <laughs> it's chilly, dude. It fucking snow today in yeah, Indy. I bet it, is it freezing in Green Bay right now? Yeah. It's windy and cold. Yeah, it's probably in the in the fifties or forties. There was some snow, I think, Sunday night that we had. Which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you like that, right? You enjoy it. You embrace the suck, I think, is what your mindset was in years past. This is like Green Bay football weather coming right around the corner. Well, it seems a little early this year. Usually it's like we get to Halloween and then you know the weather's going to really change. Uh, we're sitting here, what, uh, October 18th? Uh, seems a bit early for this weather to hit. But look, uh, it's going to warm up this weekend. I think everybody in the Midwest is excited. We might see 60s again. So that's really, really oh, yeah. beautiful weekend. Get the sticks out. That's right. Let's go ahead and do that. Aaron, you planning for uh, Halloween already? I mean, now's not the time. You just lost. Don't give that answer. <laughs> everybody lose their minds. We'll talk to you next week about it. Uh, yeah, AQ- all, ball, all ball all the time, man. All ball all <laughs> nice. the time. That's right. Uh, yeah. You just mentioned Halloween. That was the first time you even remembered, oh, Halloween's in October because oh, yeah. you're just thinking about NFL all the fucking time. Uh, AQ- how, do I top, how do I top last year, you know? Well, John Wick and John Wick and a, and a, and a, and a fine a Halloween party? Come on. How do I top that? <laughs> yeah, it's a good Legit, question. I mean, took the league, though. You look so cool with that video, yeah, too. sweet. Oh, my Dog. God. Mm-hmm. Dude, you look so cool. And I think you were growing hair for two years for that moment. Yeah. Fucking paid yeah. off. Congrats to you, well man. Way to go, Congrats Aaron. Congrats to you. Uh, AQ Shipley has a question for you. I don't know if you've ever met him in your crossing, but he's obviously a massive fan. He went to Penn State as well. Go ahead, uh, AQ. <laughs> Big fan. Hey, Aaron. Um, I love your recall. Every time I listen to you on Tuesday, you recall the game, not only the game, but individual plays. How many times between Sunday and the time you get on this show do you watch that film, and when do you kind of put that game to bed and move on to the next? The game's to bed to me, honestly. Like it, it, for a noon game, 
a lot of times I'll, I'll watch it uh, that night. Um, if and it depends, you know. Matt's been good about this uh, kind of victory Monday uh, New Age schedule where uh, if we win Mondays are a much lighter day. So then I'll watch it on my own usually. Um, but uh, if not, then we'll just watch it as a group together on Monday. And then I really try and put it to bed. I mean, I see that uh, those images in my mind. Uh, all day Sunday and night Sunday, whether we win or lose, you know, I, I'm always running back things that happen in the game, making notes, uh, kind of doing my own little game recap for myself to make sure that uh, I can put the lessons down and the, and the mistakes and the things I want to do differently the next time. And also just little notes about, uh, you know, who the coordinator was, uh, you know, what, what they played, because it gives you a good reference point for the next time you play that system or that coordinator, that friend, AQ, you know, you were in the league for a long time. Everybody talks. And so these coaches who are friends with people on, you know, the staff of Washington this week or Buffalo the following week, you know, there'll be conversations around what worked, what didn't work. Everybody talks in this league. So, um, you know, what what worked for them uh, on Sunday, you know, we'll probably see some more of that. So I'm making sure I'm you know, looking at the at that pretty closely. And then the self-scout is so, is so vital. Uh, you know, what I did right, what I did wrong, what I want to do better next week, what I think we should run off of certain looks, what calls I liked in the two-minute, what calls I didn't like in the two-minute, um, all that stuff. Uh, but, but by the time we get to Tuesday, I think it's it's really important to, to move on past that and, and on to the next opponent, whether you had a you know, lights out game or whether you stunk it up. Yeah, and we talked about that kind of setting the standard and expectation for this particular Aaron Rodgers Tuesday because in the past, you know, when you guys have had a bad game, the fans' job is to lose their mind. The fans are supposed to go bananas. Yeah. But your mindset, just like any player in the NFL, is like, hey, we got another fucking game coming on Sunday. Like, I understand you're upset about Sunday. I'm happy you're upset about Sunday. The expectation is that we should win. But if I'm still upset by Tuesday, that's getting into Wednesday. Then is next Sunday even something? I think that's been a cool part of this entire journey here. Now, listening to what you just said there, to AQ's question about self-scout and everything like that, what year is this, 18? What year is this for you? 18. I should do more research, be a better friend, whatever the fuck you want to say. But 18 years into this, are you still getting better? Are you still harsh on yourself? And at what point do you think you're going to get to the point where you're like, man, I'm tired of being pissed off at myself all the time? Does that ever happen for the way you play? Well, I mean, it's it might it changes a little bit. I'm just not pissed off at myself. It's just a standard I hold myself to. So um, I expect greatness. And if, if I don't reach that level, um, then you really got to be critical of what it was and, and down to each little part of those plays, you know, was it a step that I didn't like that I took or was it an angle of, of my shoulders or was it eye discipline or was it just the ball that I threw or not counting? You know, there are a couple of throws in the game that I felt amazing come out of my hand, but I didn't quite factor in the, the left to right wind that was going on. And, and I missed one ball slightly outside the Jonesy. Uh, that I didn't really factor the wind in enough, and I missed one ball about a foot outside of Allen down the field um, on our second-last drive I was in there uh, by just not quite factoring that little last part in. So, you know, I'm disappointed by that because you gotta you got to kind of put it all together. And, and if we're, you know, up against a 10- to 12-mile-an-hour wind left or right, I know that ball is going to move probably two yards outside of the target angle. So... I just got to do a little better job of kind of putting that all together, especially on those two plays, because 
you know, sometimes it comes down to just one play. And if I had Jonesy on that one, who knows what happens? You know, he might be a 30, 40 yard gain. He might break a tackle and score. So, uh, you know, just minor little adjustments that I hold myself to that standard. And, and uh, you know, but, but again, you know, you got to put it to bed at some point and, and trust the preparation that got you there. And then just, you know, tinker a little bit, but, but the preparation's got to be good enough. If, if it's good enough to win an MVP, it's good enough to, to get through a stretch like this. Yeah, it's a pretty good little thing to rely mm-hmm. on. And before AJ's question, how's the thumb? You know, that was a conversation. You had that thing taped up during the week, and then in the game you didn't have it taped up. And early, because you did get hit early a lot, four, sacked four times or whatever, you fell. It didn't seem like somebody landed on it, but your hand was just skidding across the turf, and I thought maybe it raked on it a little bit. Is your thumb okay? Did, were you going to tape it? No thought of taping it? You like the feel? And what do you think going into the commanders? Is it something you're going to have to deal with? Yeah, I was taping it early in the week just just to give it a little support. And then Saturday in the walkthrough, I didn't tape it and didn't really do a whole lot uh, and wanted to go out and see how I felt Sunday in pregame before I decided to tape it or not and felt fine taking snaps from Josh and then throwing the ball um, and was, was doing pretty good. There was a hit early in the game, the one you're talking about, where we were in a screen pass to the right and we had some miscommunication on the backside. And I got hit. And the natural reaction when you get hit is to kind of put your hands out and that kind of banged it up a little bit. So, you know, it was, uh, I felt it, but it, it wasn't a major issue, and it's not going to be an issue. Uh, you know, I'm still going to play. Hey, that's good news. Go ahead, AJ. Have you ever, uh, you ever worn a glove on your right hand in a game or in practice? Is that something you thought about? Uh, other than a, as a joke, I haven't, no. <laughs> Why? It, those things are tacky now, man. You can sling it. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I can't do it. Is it a look <laughs> thing? You don't want to look like that, or you don't like the feel? I both. <laughs> which one? Which Certainly one is, look, is it? Like yeah, 80, I mean, 20, 80 20 look I mean, to feel, 90 10? What is no, it? It's, more the, it's definitely more the feel, but oh, it's also okay. a look. I have a specific Back. look that I go for on game day. That's you know, like cool. Throwback. Throwback. No mouthpiece, no root pads. You know, AJ, you make fun of my jersey all the time, but it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, great. it's how I look. Yeah. Hey, you're old school, man. You know, nobody ever talks about that whenever they describe Aaron Rodgers. You're old school. You got that cloth chin strap Hell just yeah. waiting for a helmet, mm-hmm. just waiting for one, not scared to run. We're not taping the hand either. Nah. Okay? No is way. his thumb still attached? It is. Am I throwing the fucking ball? I am. Let's move on. Never gets talked about that way. Uh, let's chat. I don't want you to ever feel like I'm asking you to bury somebody. Okay? Never want you to feel that way, but your brain's big enough, we've all seen it, that you can answer right. however the fuck you want to answer things. Okay? Here we go. So you're going you're gonna to ask me to bury somebody. Let me, let me sit up straight for this one here. No, yeah, give okay. me your press conference answer, but I think it's a real problem. If you're a fan of the Packers, which I have become over the last few years over our relationship, Ty Schmidt is as well, you paid the – Aaron Jones is a fucking guy. He is a – guy and now here early in the season there's two different occasions where there's been a conversation afterwards where it's like we got to get him the ball more we got to get him the ball more it's like what's happening you think he's been paid normally if you pay a guy he's going to be force fed a ball anyways what is going on with the Aaron Jones experience because I feel like you're a massive fan of him LaFleur's a massive fan of him Green Bay's a massive fan of him but for some reason it's just not ending up into you know touches what do you think it is and how do you guys think you fix that Aaron just get him the ball more. There it is. <laughs> there it is. All right, you bury the guy. Yeah, listen. Uh, every time that there's an L, you know, there's any type of adversity, there's always going to be narratives that come out of it. And easy one for us is, oh, we got to get the ball 33 more. 
man, it's true. You know, when he touches the ball, good things happen. You know, he breaks tackles. He's probably our most elusive guy with the football in his hands. He had a beautiful 22-yard run that got called back on a holding that hurt us, that would have had us inside the 15 and first and 10. Um, but, yeah, he's a dynamic player. And it's not like we're not trying. We have a lot of plays in the plan for him. We call certain uh, passes just for him. We have runs designed to get him the football. We have an awesome running back in A.J. Dillon as well, who we're trying to get the ball to. Uh, but this, a lot of things can can dictate how much we get the ball, and it's front, it's coverages, it's different things that we see. Uh, again, we're not trying to not force feed him the ball, just sometimes the way that the uh, that the game shakes out. He doesn't get as many touches as other games. So you think it's kind of being blown out of proportion? No way. <laughs> what? No way. That would never happen, Aaron. That's not our Well, business. I mean, listen, listen. I mean, like, if you're scouting us, right? If you're, if you're scouting us, what are you going to try and take away? Like, what's at the thumb. top? Hmm? My Stomp thumb. on your yeah. thumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe then your COVID toe. Yeah, mm-hmm. COVID. After that, COVID. then what? And then we get COVID to Aaron. You know, because he's not vaccinated, mm-hmm. that son of a bitch. Yeah. We get him COVID. So there's the top three we're trying to do. Okay? We're okay. stomping on a thumb. We're stomping on your COVID toe. Mm-hmm. And then we're trying to get you COVID-19. And then right there. That's three. Four is we got to shave Matt's eyebrows. And then five, we got to stop 33, right? That's, that's right? I think that's the top five. Oh. So what you're saying, though, is it does appear as if 33 is drawing some attention from the defenses when he's on the field, which is a compliment, but also a part of, of the predicament. Yeah. yeah, he's a hell of a player. Why would – I mean, you want to stop him, right? You want to – Hey, if teams – if they're playing too high, aren't they daring you to run them, run the ball? Like if teams playing too high, you're usually like, hey, we don't think you can beat us running. Well, it, yeah, I mean, we're seeing too high, but we're seeing one high situation. Like the plan that it seemed like the Jets had was – if we were in the gun, they were going to play a lot of uh, a lot of zone coverage, one high. If we were under center, they are going to play some more combo coverage in certain situations, depending on personnel groupings. Like when Big Dog was in the game in 28, they played a lot more uh, one high to stop the run. If Big Dog and 33 were in the game, they had a different coverage scheme. If 33 and 85 were in the game, they had different, uh, different ideas. So, you know, teams are looking at our personnel groupings pretty specifically, and we obviously are looking at that as well in our self-scout. But... It, Listen, I don't have a great answer for you. Like, we left 33. We got to give him the ball. Um, you know, I don't know what else to say to that. Uh, not like we're not trying. Well, I'll tell you what. I fucking – I got him on my fantasy team, and it sure feels like <laughs> uh, Connor, your question for Aaron. I don't play fantasy, but that is – you get it. Connor, your question for Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, did you see Sauce Gardner wearing the cheese head after the game by chance, and did you also go over to Alan Lazard after the game and shake his hand for knocking it off his head? I, I saw the picture. I didn't see him with it on it at one point. Um, that defense uh, – Good defense, a uh, lot of a uh, lot of trash talk. I appreciated that. Uh, <laughs> enjoy, enjoy a little banter back and forth. I mean, the kid's a good player. Uh, uh, I think I got nothing against it, against uh, him doing that. Um, obviously, you win the game. That that shit doesn't happen. So uh, they won. They can celebrate uh, how they how they see fit. Yeah, I'd like Lazard though, knocking it off, mm-hmm. not causing a problem though, mm-hmm. not getting into a full fight. Uh-huh. It was just like a hey. Come the fuck on, dude. And then jog off. Thought Lazard handled that thing perfectly. Hell of a tud by him, too. Wish there could have been more. Tone has a question for you, Aaron. Uh, Aaron Sunday, you were you were hit more than a few times. Um, 
how do you go about motivating your O-line? I, there was videos of other quarterbacks this weekend potentially yelling at their O-line and stuff like that. How, how do you feel the best way to motivate your O-line when maybe things aren't going the way that you would like them to? Fear. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, it's nice. that's the best way, we think. Fear, totally. I, 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 res- I tell them I'm going to restrict the gift-giving this holiday season. <laughs> You know, I'm going to cut way back. I'm going to be skimping on the budget big time if this shit doesn't turn around. (laughs) Hopefully that's enough impetus to get them, uh, get them going good. But there was one hit that actually hurt more than any other. And I, it was part athleticism getting out of a sack. And then I moved to the sideline and threw a ball to Bobby. And I'm, I'm cluing you guys up now because you got NFL rights to show this, uh, this ridiculous hit, but it was on our, on the jet sideline. I threw a, a scramble alert to Bobby, uh, and I took a helmet to the right thigh, and then had a really weird spin around land on my left ass cheek. And I, I was after the game wondering how it was possible to have a right thigh bruise and a left tailbone bruise from the same play, but uh, I achieved it. Hey, I promise you, we will put that play over you telling that story and I can't wait to see that left thigh or that left tailbone and that right thigh get all banged up when I ran a fake against the Raiders I tried to hit a spin move on a guy Darren Bates good guy he I didn't successfully hit the circle button on him he hit me so hard in my one leg that my knee bruised my other thigh because I are so the next day I had a bruise on the inside of my thigh I'm like what the fuck how many booze did we booze real hard what happened last night and then i watched the film it was my fucking knee taking out my other thigh i'm like yeah let's not run that one let's not run that one anymore uh what's the what's the week look like what's today look like are you in the film just breaking down the commanders excited for heineke to get back in there what does today look like and when do you really dive into this weekend just grinding just grinding through all of it you know just nose to the grindstone oh yeah no, you know what? I was I was under the squat bar today, and I gutted it out. Four plates on there. Woo! Whoa! Four oh five on the guy. Well, it's a sixty-five pound uh, uh, bar, so maybe a little bit more than four oh five. Four twenty-five. The guy. Wow! I was hoping that there was a way I could take five pounds off it, but I guess that uh, wasn't easy to oh, do. There, but. Yeah, because he's talking about a plant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Not drug. <laughs> what? No. But I got hey, I got a couple guys in the weight room who must not have seen me squat before. Dean Lowry, you know, kind of gave me like a hey, nice. Yeah. Like, oh, thanks, Dean. Appreciate that. Yeah, old man still got yeah, yeah, Northwestern guy. You know, mm-hmm. very, very short on the compliments, but I, that kind of made my day. Put a little pep in my step. I got a Dean Lowry compliment. You know, and now I get to do the fucking McAfee show like. <laughs> It's going to be a good day. We moved on. You're three and three. So is everybody else in the NFC, except for the Eagles. They look like a fucking wagon. Right? Have you seen them at all? Have you seen Sirianni? Did you see him in Ty last week? He appears to be a hilarious human being. Was a great coach over there. Uh, I see. They're six and zero. They're playing really good. They got a good football team. Playing uh, good on offense. Jalen's playing good. They got some weapons. The defense is obviously playing really, really good. Um, we got them later in the year. So hopefully we're geared up for that one it's going to be in philly which is always a fun place to play well maybe a fan will run onto the field like the team with the team (laughs) like they did on sunday night some fan got that was amazing (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, I love it. I saw him getting, getting escorted out, too, and I think he might have had a little bit to drink. There he is. Hey, let's go, boys. Hey, <laughs> let's get these Johns, bro. This is a good time. Ta- oh, fuck. Whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa. They told me I was on the team. That was coach. America. That was America. <laughs> <laughs> Philadelphia, original capital. Jeez. Uh, Aaron, we appreciate you, buddy. Heal up with that thumb. Can't wait to see the team continue to grow. Good luck this weekend. We'll see you next Tuesday. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, the book club has been put on a bye week for one week. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that everybody can catch up on how to change your goddamn mind. Well, hell yeah. The Mastery of Love. Wide. Right? 1984. Wide. Right? And of course, the book that we're still reading from last year Fingerprints of the Goddamn Gods. Why? All right. We appreciate you. Have a great week, brother. Aaron Rodgers, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your new. Favorite, second favorite Tuesday tradition. Yep. That's right. Kind of stacking the deck against you. You got yeah. no shot of winning that one <laughs> with the back-to-back MVP chatting. But a great follow-up. A man who's made us smarter. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Penn State legend, Super Bowl champion, in the trenches with A.Q. Shipley. Hey, Maybe A.Q. Can't wait to see you, pal. Appreciate it, boys. We got a good one. Oh, oh no. no. It's not working? No, 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 no it, it is. is. No, we're good now? Too close to the screen? No, no, I think it's like there's a little dead areas right here, in the, right in front of the... Uh, we good here? Yeah. Yep. Can we hear me? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, can't go that way, can't go this way. I'm staying right here. We right. don't know why. We'll We're, figure it out. We yeah, won't. Well. There is a chance that, uh, you know, Bill buried some of his bodies underneath this studio, oh, and maybe we've got to get them out. After the crow. Bingo. Oh, no. That's why they're hanging around. Bill doesn't deserve any of this, especially in the trenches. But speaking of trenches, maybe. Maybe he's been in. Digging trenches. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bill didn't deserve that, AJ. Take it back, please. I didn't say anything. Bill is my head coach GM of the fantasy football team. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? (laughs) Honestly, you know what? I think Hopkins got us. We were losing, and Hopkins, the kicker, we had him last night, and he got us a victory. Wow. Wow. Mike Hawkert. Hey, Hopkins yeah. <laughs> is an uh, absolute dog. Let's run about some more dogs, shall we, AQ? Let's go in the <laughs> trenches. Let's head to the Pacific Northwest, huh? We got the Seattle Seahawks. Mm. This thing is, uh, what do we think? Are we good here? It's a nightmare. Holding it closer doesn't help. Did it work last week? <laughs> yeah. I think it did. Can you hear me? That. You're good Yesterday. there. We're good I thought here. you used it on Saturday. <laughs> Saturday night. It was my entire audio yeah. on Saturday night. Yep. So you're far away. Once again, this is a good program. We are have, actively having troubleshoot questions answered on the air. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is going to do this for you. Nope. nope. What you're realizing, though, is, you know, in life, sometimes you just got to take the hands off the wheel and say, fuck it. If mm-hmm. this thing continues to crash, there's literally nothing I can do. I tried to buy the auto drive. I tried to buy the self-pilot. Mm-hmm. I tried to hire the best mm-hmm. of the best. Wow. Tried to invest as much money as possible. But there's literally nothing we can fucking do. Nope. And then we stripped the other one so we can move up here. And that one can't be used anymore either. So we're literally just at the whim of whoever is deciding that this is going to work or not. And it's really been a much, you know, better existence since I've just decided there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, Jesus, take the wheel. I don't love it. No. I don't love it. I think it's disrespectful to people that watch this program. I think it's disrespectful to the people that listen to this program. But with that being said, I try to spend as much money as possible to make it as best as possible, and there's just some shit that's unexplainable. All right. Zito, you're our tech guy. Is there some shit that's happening here that just makes absolutely no sense? All of it makes no sense. Okay. Sweet. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. I don't know. Can we get him the other one? Can we maybe change out the other one? There's only one answer, to be honest. What is it? Jesus. This was Jesus' house of worship. 
Was it? Is that the? Yeah, it was that church. Yeah, these ones work. Yeah, and we didn't run Jesus out. No, but they re- did. They quit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you've been so goddamn sacrilegious. <laughs> that's Ew. your problem, right there. Who you are? saying GD? That's the problem. That's what I'm saying. Like you are the problem, Tone. Why don't you just, hey Jesus, you can go somewhere else now. <laughs> you've been freed. What? Yeah. Yeah. You're very good at what you do. Mm-hmm. We appreciate everything you've done. They say you've done some crazy stuff. Yeah. They say you've done some really, really cool stuff. You would have been a fucking hell of a football player. Hell of a oh, unbelievable. Hell of a football player. Water polo? I think you would have a pre- Oh, wow. water polo? Yeah. This dude's running go routes in water polo. <laughs> no yeah. one. There ain't nothing anybody would be able to stop a triathlete. Uh-huh. Hey, Jesus, I think you'd be appreciative of the program we run. I think so. We try to make people look good. We try to make people have a good time. I think that's everything you were trying to do your entire mm-hmm. existence. Right, Jesus? Yes, Pat. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> they say the spirits here, the voices. Yeah. What? Wow. Is that the Holy Ghost? Or? Can we get an amen? Amen. I think Jesus let us go because, you know, we have a guy who's about to do something who has a cross on his arm. Yeah. And if you have a cross on your arm, that's an immediate trip to the front mm-hmm. of the line. Yeah, that's right. Let him in. At the pearly gates. Mm-hmm. Right, AQ? That's right. Can we hear me? Yep. Are we Perfect. good? Uh, Don't you move a fucking inch. Are we great? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, sounds sound good. good. I'm just going to hold it here. Are we good with that? No, no, you can't do that because you need both hands because you got to block people. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. All right, hello, 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 hello. Yeah, 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 yeah you yeah, sound yeah. good. All right, yeah. perfect. So that other one's broke. Good to know. Okay. Three weeks in. Throw it out. Hey, so check it out. We got Seattle. What did we say when we got tight splits over here? We got DK Metcalf. What's he doing? Crack toss. Staring at J.J. Watt. Why? Stud on the defensive line, right? This guy's a heady player, smart player. He knows when he's looking at him. Crack toss is coming, right? Crack toss coming? That's the fear. That's the fear. Uh-huh. Not coming. Let's watch what, what? happens. What? Oh! oh! He thought it was, though. You see the little bluff? He thought it was. He's ripping up field trying to Got beat him. it underneath. But all this is doing is getting him up the field to sell. And we got the counter that we've seen over and over again on this because it's a great play. Guard flat pulling. Going to kick him out. Doesn't even really have to touch him because J.J. takes himself out of the play because of the bluff by D.K. Then we get my man coming around tight end. He's got Zayvon Collins right here. All he's got to do is get in the way. Kenneth Walker getting underneath. Michigan State. Why? And Go green. just makes a play out in space. That's right, Fox. That's awesome. He gets to the end zone. Wow. Wow. How about these Seahawks, huh? How about, about these Seahawks? This is the whole game, though, right here, huh? That's it. It sets it all up. And I also love this, right? This little thing right here. Because now he thinks he's got free access. But starting the back over here as opposed to over here, he has to come get him. He's like, oh, good. And that little bit up the field, now we're underneath. Now we're underneath and out the gate. And that's all we're looking for is just one wrong step. That's right. That's all. We're looking for somebody like J.J. Why? Like A.J. Why? Take a wrong step, and then we can capitalize with a guy who runs a 4-4, a guy who runs a 4-6, a guy who runs a 5-0 at 360 pounds, pulling and getting him off even more. The run game is really about the details, isn't it? You say it all the time. We say it all the time. Football's a game of inches, and it matters everywhere. And those inches are also incorporated into the steps regardless. Check it out. I love what we got here. This is a great little setup. The first one was Uh-oh. a setup. Why was it a setup? Because we showed the counter. The Jets are going to run the counter, so we think. Oh! oh. So we think. They're going against the Packers. Great run game. Great play design. We got another LaFleur brother. Mike. Oh. Michael. A little, a little creativity here. Check it out. Let's get this thing going, and we'll pause it whenever I tell you to. But stop it. Look at it. To everything on the defense, they're seeing counter week, right? He thinks it's counter week. Guard pulling. The big person to watch right here, watch the tight end. He starts on the counter. What's he going to do? 
He's going to put his foot in the oh. ground. Reverse oh. back out. He's now the lead blocker on here. Pause it again right here. The center is supposed to be the one getting out. These dudes do an awesome job. we got Dwayne Brown, 15th year in the NFL. Does an unbelievable job seeing the center is eating up right here. Once he's eaten up, he knows he has to replace. Now you get six foot four, Five, 350 three. pounds of monster just rolling downfield, getting the lead block for the touchdown. So the big deal here that we need to be looking for is old Cuzzy's going for a pull. Uh-uh. See, He's going uh, back this way. Yeah. And this big son bitch right here being back for the Jets is a big deal, you're thinking? Huge deal. I mean, they were relying on Makai Becton, who they put in well, a top 10 pick, right? They felt mm-hmm, real good mm-hmm. about him. He goes out early with an injury. They get Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown goes out early with an injury. They've been waiting for him to come back. He goes on IR, misses the first couple weeks. Now he's back. This dude is a game changer. Has played at a high level for a very long time. Is there any thought that uh, Matt LaFleur didn't want to scheme for this because he didn't want to lose or beat his younger brother because he doesn't like playing his younger brother and his friends? I'm sure he lived for every moment of watching this. Happen. That's what you think. 100%. Yeah. Well, it's actually untrue. That God. Matt LaFleur said it would be awkward if he beat him. Really? Doesn't yeah. like playing his brother or his friends. Mike and Bob didn't say that, though. Mike and Bob, who were with the Jets, said on the flight home, how about that little motherfucker that got Aaron Rodgers and had everything sweet? We got to bury him. That's exactly what they're saying, AJ, yeah. right? Yeah, most likely it seems like, huh? Well, how could you not? I feel like if we're in the NFL, <laughs> yeah. pretty similar human beings. If you beat your brother and your friend, that is better than losing to your brother and your friend, I think, in all walks of life. AQ ship Always. 100%. Hey, the Jets, they're doing some really good things. They're 4-2. and two. They got a good group up front. This is a lot better team than exactly what Aaron said. Every, there, there's a couple teams over the last couple of years where you would sit there and you'd be like, oh, it's the Jets. It's the Browns, right? Like, these are teams you know. like The are Lions. Screw it. The Lions, right? Yeah. Well. Sorry, the Giants. Giants. The mm-hmm. Giants. This is a different Jets team. Robert Sala Vikings. has mm-hmm. got these Commanders. guys. Jets and Giants both underdogs this week against the Jags and Broncos. Wow. What's that all about? I mean, is it no because one. narrative betting? Is that why? Because people think that, but the Jags. Take the Jags. Yeah, makes no sense. Take the Jags. Take the Jags. I love this Jags team. Even though they're not winning games, they're, they're right there. They, they suck. Whoa. Come on. What are we talking yeah, about? 190 yards rushing and. The first quarter against yeah. the Colts. The Colts well, sucked two too. runs, though. That was uh, ETN was wide open on one. Nobody was near him. We oh, just saw his you, fucking ass. Yeah, it was just wide open. Why was he wide open? Well, because I think everybody. Because trenches. No, I think the offensive line fell. Yep. Yeah. And then the defensive line just said, oh, we're playing the fall game. <laughs> they, they fell. fell. Down. <laughs> and then ETN was. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was gone. But then on the other way back, old Cuzzy, the backup. Hasty. Hasty. Yeah. He wide. was wide up, big gaping hole. Yeah, yeah. He hit that thing. He had one of the smoothest celebrations I've ever seen in awesome. my life. Full speed, 4-2 probably, rolling 4-2, 4-3. Stops a yard into the uh, end zone, puts the puts ball down, down, walks, walks away. away. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. nobody touched him. That was right in our face. I was As he was running, I was like, stop, stop, <laughs> stop. And then he stopped he did. one yard into it, that thing, and then just walked away. Sweet. So clean. I like that Jags team as well. Yeah. Happy the Colts got a win. They're uh, D-back Cisco number five, also a real funny guy. Oh, yeah. So uh, somebody... <laughs> I think Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan threw one out of the back of the end zone. Yep. Hits a photographer. Mm-hmm. Fo- photographer, not in the greatest shape. You know, he looks like he so, takes great photos, mm-hmm. though. Ball hits him in the side. Corner was running down. Cisco was running to cover. Turns around. This guy gets hit, like drops his camera, picks up his camera. And Cisco goes, 
I thought you were gonna catch the ball, and then just walks away. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even give him a chance to respond. Awesome. Just like deadpan, right in front of. It was like four feet in front of us. Yeah. Deadpan, straight face. I thought you were gonna catch the ball, and then just walks away. We big pop yeah. out of the bar. Awesome. Big yeah. pop. I don't know how the photographer felt. I'm sure he got a good laugh at it afterwards. But I like the Jags team as well. To your statement, that isn't about any of the teams that are on in the trenches today. Let's That's get okay. back to it. They've been up plenty. Where are we at? What's the next one? Ravens. Oh, I love it. We got the Ravens. Okay, so this is interesting to me, right? We have a tight end, and we have a fullback in the game. That typically, AJ, right, base defense? That's typically going to bring base defense? Yep, usually. They're in nickel. I thought this was interesting. So Wink Martindale stays in nickel defense. You got basically an over with the will on the ball. You got him as the Mike. You got him as the Sam. Still gap sound. Everybody's got a gap, 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 gap. He's got this gap. He's got that gap. So there's still gap sound. This is basically a power, but they, they do a nice job of exchanging responsibilities between Patrick Ricard and Mark Andrews, both dogs in the run game, mm-hmm. right? But the key is this guy. This is basically a guard in the backfield. He's 305 pounds playing fullback but can what? run, right? So they exchange responsibilities. You're going to get a nice double team here. You're going to basically get a double team here. We're going to book him on the backside, create a wall right here, Double team. Andrews does a phenomenal job getting up to the mic, sticking and staying, staying connected. Ricard, who you typically wouldn't put a fullback on a defensive end on a power play, right? But they do a nice job just kind of knowing that he's so big and strong, he can get the seal block here. And then you get a pulling guard. Powers pulling around with some power on the nickel sitting in the hole as the Sam linebacker. Let's check this thing out. Oh. You You see it happening, right? Sticking his old boy. Oh, oh, pay dirt. And that's how a wide receiver ends up rushing one in uh-huh. against Wink Martindale's defense. Kenyon Drake might be a new position like Cordell Patterson, but you're saying this particular scheme against this exact setup from the Giants is perfect. Well, this is what you got to love, right? And this is what you love about what the Ravens are doing. You turn on the film last week, they're doing something completely different every week. Greg Roman is designing an unbelievable run scheme. One week, they're pulling both guard tackles, sending him through this way. They didn't run that at all this week. And now they get something different. So that's the beauty about game planning, and that's the beauty about what this Ravens run game is able to do. Now, granted, they got to start winning games in the fourth quarter. But what they're doing in the run game is awesome because they're taking plays and they're exchanging responsibilities. They're mixing things up. They're getting creative, and they're allowing things and taking advantage of matchups. Guard. Mm-hmm. On a nickel. Do you think this guy is in here because this guy exists? No, I think it's more they have to get a seven front, seven box, basically, because you have this. That's their way of getting to base defense with nickel personnel. Can Thibodeau p- play this differently or to pass point? It's he so hard because of that. Yeah. It's so hard because of that. And that's what this element gives you, right? Jalen Hurts. Yep. Jalen Hurts, him, Kyler Murray, right? Zip These guys always ball. have to be slow to go on the backside because of that added element, because he's the, he's the contained player on that backside. How many guys are like Ricard? Is he, he, he's kind of like a one-of-one, one, isn't he? He's a one-of-one. One. Former D lineman, right? I think he's still, like, I mean, I don't yeah. know if he still does, but I know whenever we played them, when I was still playing for the Cardinals in 2019, he was in the rotation playing both ways. Like, he was getting some D line reps as well Jesus. as fullback. Pretty cool little thing. Yeah, yeah is that part sweet. of the Thunderdome? The little logo there? He's so athletic, too. Nimble. How big's his head, AJ? This guy got a big fucking head, you think? Gigantic head. Are you kidding me? Like, it's not fair what this guy can do. He can move so well. He's, you said nimble. It's true, man, with how, how big he is. It's, it's impressive. Hey, let's, let's also take notice of what my man's doing right here. 
Duvernay? Yes. That's what Devin I'm saying, right? Duvernay. Yes. Devin Duvernay, all-pro kick returner, I mm-hmm. think, right? Mm-hmm. Getting much more action at receiver. And look, he's the home run block. That's what we always talk about. Receivers make the thing go. He bluffs right there, realizes that's not his guy. Now he gets to him. And just that little hand, just oh getting hand. in the way. Hold my hand. Hold my hand, Devin. Hold my hand. Watch <laughs> this guy run right by both of us. <laughs> That's fucking good shit. So the Ravens are going to be good, we think. Yeah, I mean, they'll figure it out. they got great coaching staff. they got a great offense. they just got to – Why won't they they pay Lamar? I think his price tag just keeps going up, right? Yeah, Yeah, but will they ever pay him? I don't know. Do you think there's a chance, because I don't think you've heard this theory from me yet, and I have a lot of theories. (laughs) The aliens have been here a long time. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're just now starting to experience it. I'm excited to learn who and what and how. And I don't think we should necessarily just go for killing them. I think we should maybe try to communicate with them to. to see if we can talk. And then mm-hmm. if they just start sucking heads off people, like then we should try to Take kill them. Yeah. Fire when fired upon. Exactly. But let's try to shake their Hans first. Right. If they have Hans, and if we call them Hans and they're not Hans, we mean no disrespect. <laughs> exactly. Somebody needs to tell them that as well. Yeah. Watch Mighty Ducks. Let's shake their appendages. Bingo. Imagine if we meet one. Never mind. Anyways. Um, I have a theory that since Lamar's not get, gotten paid yet, and Ed Reed went on with uh, Kevin Scott, Clark. Kevin Clark. Yep. I thought it was Shine. Kevin Clark. I apologize to disrespect there, Kev. Big Kev. Anyways, so he went on with him, and he talked about how he experienced a similar thing with Baltimore. He said, this is a business. Lamar needs to start viewing it as a business. They're viewing it as a business. And he said he changed the way he played until he was able to get his deal done because it's a business and you have to do that. And he said if he was advising Lamar, which he's not, he would say, hey, you got to change the way you play until you get paid because that's what this is. This is a business. This is hopefully setting you up for the rest of your life, which is what it should be. Do you think there's a chance, and I don't know Lamar, I'm a massive fan. They say he does everything right. He's a great teammate. He's beloved by everybody. He has effects on games that even when he doesn't have the ball, the other team is fucked because they have to just account for him. Even this fucking guy, if we were probably to look at it, he probably he probably has his eyes on fucking Lamar too, which gives another extra second, which opens everything up, let alone the fact that this guy has to watch Lamar, and it gives an opportunity for everybody else to take advantage. That's why they say 11 on 11, because Lamar's accounting for somebody even when he doesn't have the ball. So no, I don't know. This is not a knock on Lamar. There's a couple runs where he ran out of bounds. Smart. Business decision. When if they would just pay that fucking guy, he he's potentially cutting that up, right? And, the, and I don't know how, like, I don't think he's purposely doing that. But I think, like, in his brain, he's like, all right, I got to fucking watch myself here naturally. If they pay him, maybe these games that they're losing at the end, he's picking up 20, 30. Yeah. And it's in field goal range now, and they're maybe down three, or they're able to remain up three. I just, I think that's a real thing that has not been accounted for or talked about. Everybody's just saying, well, they haven't got to a number they agree upon. It's like, the number is what Lamar says, like, hey, this is going to get a deal done. Because I think there's a chance that there's some lingering effects happening subconsciously by Lamar is trying to protect himself before he gets paid. Do you think that could be real or no? 100%. Yeah, I mean, you look back, what was the big run against Cincinnati a couple years ago? Yeah, the spin up through the gut, and he's gone, right? You're not going to see that. I mean, he's not going to stick his nose in there and risk that collision against anybody. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. Maybe he will, but we're saying, like, you could see how he could be like, 100%. Nah, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. And I think that's a bad thing to have going into a seat. I just, I think it was bad business what Baltimore did, AJ. I think it was bad business, bad idea. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they may be realizing that. I don't know. But also what Lamar gives you here, like you don't, you don't have to block their most dynamic player on defense probably here because he has to account for Lamar. So it's like, all right, we don't have to have one of our linemen or somebody else block this guy. God. One of one. 
Hey, come with Colts. Well, something to think about. After Matt Ryan, obviously, wins the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. You know that. All right, let's move on. Let's Here's a team that's all the way back, Ooh, huh? Yes. Whoa. Got Good you call. I got you in this week. Hey, so check it out. And this is what, I, this is what needs to happen. Yeah, you guys need more credit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah goddamn right. Yeah, thank you, AQ, for Cold finally train. showing Welcome. the New England Patriots some credit. About huh? time. Jeez Louise. So let's bring – this is a huge point, right? It's third and ten. Okay. Third and ten. What are they in on defense? We call it double barrel. I don't know what you guys called it on defense, AJ. Double A, double barrel, whatever exotic. it is. Exotic. Yeah. So they're Good in boy. an exotic-looking pressure to get after the quarterback. An amoeba. Yep, amoeba mm. front. There you go. This guy hanging around gives you the illusion they could be running some form of a trio, sending him up the middle, sending him through, sending him, bring him, bring him. You could get anything in terms of blitz right now. But check what they're going to do. They call it – this is a coffee house. They're going to make it look like he's dropping, slant this three-tech, bring him through, and bring him through. So you get two guys on this backside. David Andrews does a phenomenal job. Once this is an inside zone that they're going to – it's a simple inside zone. They're literally just trying to hopefully steal 10, and this thing ends up going the distance. What? But here's what happens. They're, they're completely content, probably just kicking a field goal here. But they do a great job of just picking this up. And this is, this is another point that needs to be t- brought up, right? So when you look at a play that's drawn up, everybody's standing still. It's real easy to block something when it stands still. But when people are moving, you get the slant here. You get him over the top. You get him over the top. You get him down. Jeez. You get them. It's a billion different things. The other key is watch Hunter Henry going backside. He's supposed to block him, but he sees color here. This guy gets on the inside shoulder here, probably could make the play, does a phenomenal job stealing this thing off. But watch David Andrews to start, and then watch Hunter Henry go back and kind of seal this thing off. So these two, watch this. He's going to snap him over, and it just creates the hole. This guy's gone. He's already passed him. Can't make the play. Hunter Henry did just enough to seal that on the backside. Oh, L2. And we're out the gate. Little jump, nice little jump cut. Like yeah, two he's a dog. But right there, you got to love that hole on third and ten, right? I mean, like you're sitting there, you're like, oh, I'm feeling great. We just get him one on one with the safety. This guy has no idea where to fit. He's coming hard outside in, and he makes a phenomenal jump cut. Whoop, boom, boom, and he's Whoop. out the distance. See ya. Whoop. Third and ten, running. Third and ten, take it to the house. Oh, I mean, he's kind of a genius, I'd say. There's a lot of coordinators. Who's, who's the OC? Who is the OC? Who is the OC? Oh, we don't have an OC. Who's calling plays? Who is calling plays? Oh, Matt Patricia. I guess he's not a big, fat, dumb dipshit like you guys have been saying. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Bad head coach, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, well, like he's a genius. Hunter Henry, though. Um, see, look at this. Like, he can make this play if he does his job on paper, which is go around him and seal there. You see his color. All he does is just kind of seal and get in the way. Boom, yeah, there it is. People, Pat, I think you were just about to say, people have been killing him in New England because they have, there hasn't been much production in the past game. But Belichick uh, yesterday went on, uh, I forget what radio show in Mass, but he basically just gave Hunter Henry all the praise for becoming a much better run blocker and uh, contributing to the team way more in that sense than he is in the past game like last year. And obviously AQ is showing us. Look at those. Pat's doing big things. Beware of dog. Beware of cold, freaking strange. I like it. You've been wanting to see him? You saw him. Dog. Man, that's awesome. So they're good. What about this team really playing well with Cooper Cush behind the helm? There's a lot of stuff going on here in a very simplistic scheme. I talked about this week one, one of my favorite schemes. It's your standard duo scheme. Duo, why? Because you get two double teams. You're going to get a double team tackle guard, deucing to Kazir White here. 
Then you're going to get center guard scooping to 57 here. Oh, it's a fun. simple, 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 simple scheme. And you're getting Zeke literally just downhill. Here's what makes this different, right? You start here. You get 22. Watch this. Let this thing run a little bit. He's got to run with him whenever you get the jet motion here. So let this thing run and stop it right there. Stop. So now he runs with him. Now this vacates the gap. Now you bring a corner in as the force player right here. So what are we going to do? We're going to bring a receiver back from the other side to handle the force. Now watch oh. this shit show that happens. <laughs> he's going to come and block him. But check this out. My man's got to run with him because he's got him. So when he runs across like this, he takes himself completely out of play because his whole focus is getting with him. And look at that hole. Wow. Look at that hole. Wow. My man Zeke's in year 20 or whatever he's in at this point. Certainly not running the 4-4 that he was running before, but my man's still going to find a way to get in the end zone from 10 yards out with that hole. Wow. That's a good scheme. That's a good scheme. Who's running the run game down there in Dallas? It's a great question. Is that tight end split up? I mean, most O-line coaches are handling the thing. Obviously, Kellen Moore is the one calling the plays. But this is a phenomenal job of getting – It's a good question, Con. What was AQ, that? That, that tight end has kind of a, like a big split there. Is that for a reason to try to widen that end here? I'm sure, right? Like it, He's still attached, so it's not going to do too much to him. Obviously, it widens him just a little bit. But really, all it is is just to, just to kind of run the play, right, and just kind of keep that uh, – Make keep him that run way. the hoop, basically, exactly. go around the top. Ooh, look at that. Ooh. Whoa. Wow. Is that five yards, you think? That's what it says. Monitor doesn't lie. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. I didn't, I didn't code what? it, but – Jesus, look at that fucking Hatsy. <laughs> I mean, how that good does is that? suck how for that, that DB AQ. You're right. When, you're, when your man's running behind the line of scrimmage and they're like, people could say, oh, have some awareness. He, he handed the ball off. Well, no, because if he fakes that and that guy shoots to the flat, it's an easy touchdown. Nobody touches him. So, like, you have to kind of acknowledge that that's your coverage. 100%. Because, like, just like you just brought up, AJ, right? He's got him in coverage. So, what's the next play off of this? You fake the duo and well, you got him flat. coming out the backside on the play action. Touchdown. They scheme that on purpose, knowing that the guy's going to have to do that. You think? Can we give credit to the person that designed this, knowing that that was going to happen? Hundred percent. Like, let's go back to the beginning too, because I also want to bring this up. The other thing that I love is by him starting over here, right? You have this. You have two force players. You have Epps, and then you also have Slay, right? You also you, so you basically have an unaccounted for guy, and that's what te- teams typically do. They'll start whether it's him out here. They'll motion him in. They call that whatever. So let's say he's the Z. They'll call that Z fine. Oh, well, can job. we do Z Y X W? What are they? Yeah, it's, I mean, based on wherever the receivers are, typically the outside receiver is always going to be the Z, and then you have the Y, who's the tight end, and whoever the X is is usually the inside receiver. So X is a slot. Usually, yeah. Z is all but our Y's by form, himself. Different things have different. You know, different formations, you might be different. So usually the one that stays the same is the Z. He's usually the outside guy. And then the other ones are all interchangeable. Okay, good. But so typically you'll bring this guy in, and then they call it find, right? So he's finding the safety. But what that does is that keeps two people over here as force players. By sending him across, you lose that force, and then you bring him back across from the other side. So now you keep it a balanced game and you're still one for one as opposed for one and then having an extra force player. If they were in zone, would that change it? Because then the guy's not following them? 100% because now they're just going to bump. Yeah. They would just bump. So he would just 
basically bump and then now Slay would be in here and you basically have an eight-man front. But you know that going into it. The whole reason they did this is knowing, hey, we get in the red zone, he's going to run with them. Yeah, they play man. 100%. Great play, you're saying, from the Dallas Cowboys. And that's the shit they weren't doing when Dak Prescott was a quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're doing this with fucking Cooper Cush because mm-hmm. they don't rely on Dak's arm as much. You start adding that element in there with Dak, Cowboys could be yeah. problem. Cowboys could be good. Not that the Eagles, like, obviously, the Eagles defense, we got a lot of, they're fucking undefeated. We love them. But with that type of scheme happening, I don't know if we would have seen that years back when it was just the Dak show, right? AQ, everything's set up for the pass as opposed yeah, to set up for the run. I mean, you're paying him the money, right? He's going to throw the ball, so you're going to design it around the pass. But when you try and protect a backup guy like this, now the run game shines. Now, if they incorporate this when Dak comes back and not put all the pressure on Dak, now we got a team. Now we got a team, Dallas. Now we got an offense. We got an offense. defense. Go. Well, and our defense has got to deal with some problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is uh, – this one's pretty good right here. It's big bumps. We got big bumps. This one's pretty good. I really like this. I like big bumps. You can't I don't, I don't know if you'll see this in the film, but Jason Kelsey's going to point to Micah Parsons. So it's basically a four down to Micah Parsons. That's the five guys the O-line's meant to handle. The minute he doesn't come and the minute that he loops out – Landon Dickerson's going to buy him as his, as his block. My man, Jason Kelsey, in year 13, 14, whatever he's in, highest paid center in the NFL, fucking dog, right? Dog. Dog. Watch him. His responsibility goes here to here. He loops here, becomes Landon Dickerson's. Micah doesn't come. My man's a free helper. When you're a free helper, your head's on a swivel. And what are we looking for? Ribs. 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 We're looking ribs. for ribs. Bad guys. We get a TE on the other side. He's a free helper. Parsons doesn't come. Watch his head start going on a swivel here if you watch this. Boom, boom, boom. Right? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, target locked. Uh-oh. There we go. Let this thing roll. Uh-oh. Did you see him afterwards do a little, like, jump and then just yeah. kind of walk yeah. off? Should have thrown it to him. Yeah, I mean, this is unbelievable. <laughs> Boom! Boom! Oh, skip out of it and then just walk it off. AQ, oh. that'll slow them down, too, the rest of the game, too, when they're looking. Oh. Oh. Like, they know. They'll be aware of that. 100%. That's the second one. Kelsey got Lawrence Ooh. twice in this game. He got one in the first <laughs> half. This is in the third quarter. So, I That's promise illegal. you, this slowed them down. And when they play him Boom. again later in the year, because, oh, my God. How good is that? Hey, that's, I mean, if we're talking about heads-up football, yeah. I mean, that's shoulder. That's a safety hitting a wide receiver right there, yeah. this shot. And that's how athletic Kelsey is, right? He's, what, 270 pounds? If that. If that. I mean, he might be playing at 65 at this point Dog. in his career. Right. But Boom. Nothing Lawrence could do. Nothing. I mean, it is. Sorry, that bye, is Lawrence. Textbook. Sorry. Sorry, bye. That is textbook. You can't ask for anything more, man. That is awesome stuff. Sorry about it. Oh, I got to love this. I got to love this. Terrence Steele, right tackle, Texas. This guy's a freaking dog in the run game. He's awesome. Check what we're going to do here. We get the crack toss. Now, we're not going to watch this blog. My man Gallup needs a little work. He's got a Son Reddick here. Not the best matchup. But <laughs> here's what we're going to watch. Watch Terrence Steele. He's got Avante Maddox. Uh-oh. Watch him just eject. Let this thing run full speed first. Oh, boy. Oh, oh God. And then he hops on him. Whoa. Hopping, I love how man. he hops on him. I love well, that. Yeah. Well, well I, is that? I thought that was illegal. Is that illegal? Boom. Boom. He just finished in the block. 
Can't do that. I mean, what that's is that? yeah. why is he illegal? Why is he gonna do something illegal? I thought we had a big bump. Yeah, go block someone else. That is else. a big bump. That is a big bump. Boom! Boom! Boom. Never good. Hey, can we can we pause it while he's in midair? Never good, right there. Oh. Can we zoom in on that with your little circle there? There yeah, we go. Yeah. Let's watch. It. Oh my god. Oh, oh no. Not a good position to be in, boys. <laughs> Boom, boom, boom. And he jumps and rolls over top of you, too. Oh. Oh. Hey, get that out of the game, thank you. What's that all about? <laughs> What's that all about? What are we, a bunch of barbarians running around on the field? Yeah. This is the game we fell in love with. This is what we love to see. That boy, Terrence, keep that shit up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an incredible episode in the trenches. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hell of a day by you today. You asked a question, Aaron. You weren't nervous. Like last week you were sitting here. You got to, you know, he's a little bit yep. twiddling his thumbs. Fell asleep during Eli. Had an incredible in the trenches here. Feels like we learned <laughs> stuff. Hey, Q, what a day. Baby, hey, Q. You made a couple putts early to raise some Hell money yeah. for folks. Uh, Ten people yeah. will win $500. You retweet the tweet that was sent out earlier. Say something nice to somebody and put your cash tag in there. Uh, you could win 500 bucks. We'll continue to do that every single day. Hey, Q, we appreciate you. Toxic Table at Boston Connor at Ty Schmidt. Hell of a day by you. Hey, hey. Great show, by you. You, nah, that ain't true. Tone Diggs, one half of the hammer. Don Cowboys, what a show by you today. Tom. You. No, you, Tone. You. Tone said some really, um, you know, yeah. aggressive yep. things. He early. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Shut up, AJ. See, that also <laughs> aggressive. He had that tone about him. I'm excited to hear what Hammer Down is today. Yeah. Uh, in the back, Foxy, Zito, Nick, great work today, boys. Go, boys. Yeah, boys. Bill, Dirty, Bruce, we appreciate you guys. Obviously, Tim staying up all night to put these doors in this Thunderdome. And to you, AJ, we appreciate the hell out of you. Everybody watching, you're the greatest humans on earth. We can't wait to be back tomorrow for a hell of a Wednesday. We got fucking Ninja joining us tomorrow. Whoa. What? A- Holy Four shit. Days. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like so, Beverly Hills? No, Chris Farley, rest in peace. peace. Fucking love that guy. Wish I could see more of him when I was adult Mm -hmm. so I could appreciate everything he's about. Rest in peace at Beverly Hills Ninja. Mm -hmm. Not the ninjas that I seen that was protecting that one hundred millionaire out at LA that I went to the party. That was awesome. Three ninjas came down store uh, downstairs and let me up to the party upstairs. I never been that high and that entertained at the same time before, and I don't know if I ever will be. Sure. Fucking ninjas came down and got me. It was awesome. Didn't say anything to me. They had the little web shoe things. Yep. Sure. Wearing all black. Mm-hmm. Came down, had little earpieces in, gloves on. They, they were the ones that led me up to a party in Los Angeles at the top floor or whatever. I laughed the entire time. Tried to talk to him like people do over in England when you see the person yeah. with the fucking right. hat on. Mm-hmm. I tried my... I couldn't get him to break. These were fucking... Ninjas. Ninjas, right? Yeah. Really? Tomorrow so they're working on. Were they? Was it body work on people? Those ninjas? No, that was body gurus. They were in the geese. Oh. I'm talking about fucking oh. ninjas. I seen them as well. They have a lot of confidence. These ninjas. I don't know if they had confidence enough because we didn't really have an interaction. But I think they were stone cold killers if they had to. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh like, yeah. I think they would. Pressure points. I didn't even want to press the button to floor we gun because I thought they maybe break my wrist three different times. Yep. <laughs> that is not the ninja we were talking about. The ninja we're talking about is the gaming mogul. Oh, that ninja God. will Let's be joining go. us tomorrow. Yeah, Not yeah. that ninja. No. That ninja. Yeah. There we go. That ninja Woo. will be joining us. Detroit Lions fan. Yeah. Big time. Uh, 
mogul. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big fucking Jeez. brain. Can't wait to chat with him. It's our first time chatting. Obviously, last year, he cut a little promo on Kickers on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I answer because I do have respect for his uh, entrepreneurialism and what he's been able to build. We had had a conversation then afterwards. feel like we let, you know, we learned a lot about each other real quick. And then now we're finally getting the opportunity to chat to each other. That's tomorrow, one fifteen Eastern Standard, if anybody wants to hear that. We'll also have some football guests. Jamar Chase joins okay. us on Thursday. Here we go. I believe Vaughn Miller will join us on okay. Thursday. I believe believe we have a hell of a week in store and we can't thank you enough for being a part of this ride with us adam thielen will be on tomorrow i believe so we got i mean let's go huh be your friend tell a friend if you want to if not we fucking understand completely uh you are the best people on earth we will see you in 20 hours and 29 minutes good day